Recorded live. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today for conversations and support for targeted individuals. Today is Sunday, October 22nd, 2017, and I am your host, Renata. I hope you beautiful people of God are doing well today. I feel good, maybe because I slept a whole lot yesterday, which I really needed it. I was very mentally and physically tired, so I thank God for that sleep. Um, Did anyone want to open us up in prayer? Star 8, please. Hello, did you want to open us up in prayer? Cleveland? Hello? Hi, did you want to open us up in prayer? Um, okay, you know you, you don't speaking have with? To, you don't have to. I just noticed that your that you were that your uh, line was lit up. Okay, go ahead. I Yeah, do you know who I who I'm, who do you know who you're speaking with? No, who am I speaking with? Oh, I called back in, um, my first call was September the 10th. What's your uh, name? Vicky. Oh, Vicky. Okay. Did you want to open us up in prayer or did you want to speak? Okay, I can open. Okay, go right ahead. Uh, yes, Father God, hallelujah. Praise your mighty name. Thank you, Lord. You've been so kind and so merciful. Oh, Lord, how you keep this target individuals up. You have strengthened us to carry on. Help us, Lord, to go forward in this spiritual warfare. Oh, give us the strength, Lord. We need your power and your glory. Praise your mighty name. Bless uh, uh, Renata for having this um, this conference line open so that we can all meet up, be to share and be to um, support one another. We thank you, Father God. We thank you for all you've done and for what you're going to do. In the mighty name of Yeshua, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I pray. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. 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 Thank you so much for that. Um, I'm going to put you back on hold, and if you want to speak, just start eight again, okay, once we get through oh, this. Thank okay. Thank you so much. Beautiful prayer. Thank you. Um, James, do you have a scripture? I'm going to do a scripture right now. Hi. Did you have a scripture? James? Hello? Okay. I'm put you back on hold. Start eight. Okay, I have a scripture, and it comes from Mark 14 and 36, and I keep saying I'm going to bring my Bible over here so I can actually read it from the Bible. I go to Bible Gateway, if you guys don't know about that, BibleGateway.com is a complete online Bible, and I have a tendency to go there, but nothing like holding the Bible, so I'm going to start bringing my Bible with me on these calls. Okay, so this is Mark 14 and 36. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take this cup from me, nevertheless, not what I will, but thou wilt. Okay, we want to be in God's perfect will for our life. I was thinking back on so many things that I wanted in life, jobs that I wanted, um, different things that I wanted to happen in my family or in my marriage. Um, But we have to be in God's will for our life. Sometimes we wonder why things happen the way they happen, and things can be very hurtful. Um, People can separate from us, uh, not want to deal with us. But when you look back in retrospect, sometimes you can see that that was God's will for your life. So we never want to go off of our own will, what we want, 
we want this specific car, we want this specific house, we want whatever it is we want, we need to be in God's perfect will for our life because he knows what's best for us. He can see eons into the future. He knows what he wants for us. His will is the only thing that really should operate in our life, but we have to pray and we have to ask God what his will is, and he will direct our path. Amen? Okay, so that was Mark 14 and 36. Oh, I had a good quote, too. Let me see. I saw a good quote for the day. I've been trying to do a quote lately. Let's see. Hold on. Because this was actually on a on a picture in a store, and I took a picture of it. It says, life is like a camera. Just focus on what's important. Capture the good times and develop from the negative. I like that. I saw that on the sign in the store yesterday, so I took a picture of it. Okay, so that's our quote. Okay. I want to welcome any visitors to the call. Um, welcome, Vicki. Vicki just um, prayed a powerful prayer for us. She said she hasn't been to the call in a while, so welcome back, and thank you for opening us up in prayer. We really appreciate that. And welcome to any um, visitors who's here today. Welcome to everybody who's come back. I thank you guys for coming back time and time again. Um, we're here to try to support one another. We are most targeted individuals, not all, but most targeted individuals are very much lacking support because of the targeting where most of us had tons of support. We have family around us, friends around us, coworkers, neighbors, you name it. We had it. social groups. We had all that. Um, but pieces of our lives get pulled apart for most of us, not all of us. And so we find ourselves without that support system. And once that support system is gone, that's how, uh, that's when we began to realize just how valuable it was. Okay. So if you do have a support system in place, which many TI still do, um, really appreciate that. Be grateful for that. Thank God for that because it's missing for so many of us, including myself. I do have uh, some support, and I thank God for it because I do have more support than some people. Just for the fact that I live in the house with others, some people have no one. And so uh, we're here to try to fill in that gap as much as we possibly can, uh, just, just to try to be uh, a listening ear, if nothing else. It really helps to talk about what's what's happening with you. Never feel obligated to share more than you want to share. You do not have to do that. Um, I encourage you, for those of you who never talk, to just try it a little bit. You don't have to share anything sensitive. You know, I, I'm just saying for me, it really helps to talk. Um, it also helps others who may be going through similar things that you're going through. So just by you sharing is um, giving back. It really is. Someone sent me a video. I haven't responded to her yet, but I will. But she sent me a video, and she was so excited. She was like, well, now I did my first video, and I want to see what you think of it. And so um, so I looked at it. I actually watched it twice. And like I said, I haven't responded to her yet, but I will. Um, but really, she doesn't know that that video really blessed me. Because a lot of things that she showed in her video, I see in my own targeting. 
And I was like, oh, my goodness, he's getting some of the same stuff because many times we think it's just us. We're the only ones experiencing this. So I'm going to let her know that she doesn't know how much she blessed me even to bring that to my attention. So I feel like the Lord led her to bring her video to my attention because she didn't have to do that. She could just put it out on YouTube, and if I run into it, I run into it. But she specifically wanted me to see the video. And I saw so many things in that video that I experienced. And so that helped me to know that they're doing this stuff to everybody, okay? So, um, and I'm going to let her know how she blessed me. So you never know what you say on these calls, how it will affect someone in a positive manner. So that's the purpose of this call, just for us to just come together and try to work all this stuff out. Look for solutions, um, praise God in the midst of it all, and just to be here for one another. Okay, so hopefully you will feel comfortable sharing whatever you need to share. You will get whatever you came for. If you came for support, you came for a listening ear, you came to try to find solutions, you came to hear what others are going through, whatever. I hope you get it. I really do. Okay. There's more than one way to join in on the call. You can go to TalkShoe.com at the time the call is live and enter into the uh, put in the code 114-616. You will enter into the chat room where others are chatting, talking about uh, different subjects. Uh, sometimes they're chiming in on the call. If you, um, if you are in the chat room and you want to comment on something that we're talking about, then uh, by all means, type it in the chat. I'll try to catch it. Sometimes I catch it, sometimes I don't, but I will try, and I'll read it out loud. Um, you can call in, which most people did, and you can comment that way, or you can just listen. You can also go to TalkShoe.com, put in the code, uh, click on Conversations and Support, and you'll see all the archives in case you missed the call or you want to go back and listen to some others. The archives uh, can be very beneficial. There, there's uh, several people that, that listen to the archives, that listen to them all the time. Um, there are other people who are in other countries, and they go back and they listen to the archives. So the archives are there, okay, in case you missed the call. Professor Martinez, who has been to this call, her mom is um, dealing with cancer. And um, she, Professor Martinez, if you guys know anything about what she's going through, she's going through a lot. She's dealing with the court system, trying to put her in jail. She's taking care of her um, terminally ill mother. They don't have very many funds. She just had to find a place real quick to move to, and she needs help. She needs financial help, okay? So um, she says, I'm trying to read this. She says if you go to her Facebook page, the Facebook page is called Louisa, L-U-I-S-A-O-Y-A-R-Z-U-N-S, okay, Louisa, uh, uh, I don't know how to pronounce that. So it's O-Y-A-R-Z-U-N-S, okay, excuse me, um, Cancer Treatment Donation Page, okay, so Louisa, Oh, however I said that, Cancer Treatment Donation Page. That's how you can find her on Facebook. She says, click on the donation button to the right of the page um, and fill out your information uh, where you are prompted, okay? 
Now, I'm going to have to try to contact her and find out if there's another way to donate because I don't do Facebook. So hopefully she has a GoFundMe or something as well because I definitely would like to support her because I know she's going through a lot. And um, if we have anything extra, $5, $2, $20, $100, whatever you have, please try to support her because it's hard for her trying to deal with this court system, um, just moved, trying to help her elderly mom. It's hard. It's hard for T.I., and you guys know that. So if you have anything extra, um, please donate. And I will, as I said, I'll be asking her if there's another way to donate because I can't donate through Facebook because I'm not on Facebook. But I definitely would like to help. Any small way, any small way. If it's you, we'll do the same for you, okay? If you need help, let us know. Send me an email. I will announce it for you. It's best to have like a GoFundMe or something set up or PayPal or something. That's that's going to probably be the easiest way if you need help, okay? And I think that's it. Oh, I did get my laptop. I told you guys I was I had ordered a new laptop because I want to start doing the YouTube Live. And my last one came out horrible. Well, it was my first one and my last one. came out horrible because my camera is all messed up on my laptop. The laptop worked fine, but the camera was really bad. So I went ahead and invested in another laptop because I had bought an external camera to think that would fix the problem, but it didn't. So I went ahead and bought another one. And there's always something wrong, always something. So with the new one that came, it doesn't stay charged unless it's in the wall. So I did contact the seller. He said the battery probably sat too long. And so he's going to send me another battery. So hopefully that fixes the problem. Um, and I'm working on trying to just figure out how to do this whole um, technology stuff. I'm just not, I don't know how to do that stuff. <laughs> I'm learning. I can do all the software in the world, the Word, PowerPoint, Excel. I can do all of that. But when it comes to all this latest, all this other stuff, I just kind of behind. So, uh, But I, I do spend a lot of time training myself because I believe in learning. I like to learn things. So I have trained myself on how to do most of it, okay, and I'm still learning how to do more. I spent a lot of time yesterday trying to get up to speed on that stuff. So I'm trying to figure out how to integrate the telephones, and I bought the stuff that I need for that, and figure out how to set it all up, and hopefully we'll be doing some uh, YouTube Live soon. Okay? That's that. What else? Okay, so I'm going to say this, and it's going to kind of tie into the question of the day. Um, For the next couple weeks, we will be talking about some sensitive topics, okay? These topics are um, have to do with sex crimes. Sex crimes affects, I, I would venture to say, probably every household. Hold on, I'm looking for something. Probably every, probably sex crimes has probably touched each person in some type of way. If it had not been you, maybe a loved one, a family member, someone close to you. This is a subject that is taboo in the community that I come from. (laughs) Pretty taboo. 
um, in the African-American community. Uh, not to say that that uh, no African-Americans talk about it, because, of course, they do. But it's a pretty taboo subject. Um, I'm all into taboo subjects, me, myself. I, I believe in talking about any and everything because I'm determined to work it all out, as Maxwell the singer says, and I used to love that song, work it all out this lifetime. Um, we have to overcome this world just as Jesus overcame the world when he came in the flesh, okay? So part of that for me is talking about, because I'm a person that likes to process what's happening, so talking about everything that affects all of us. And uh, these sex crimes is one of those things. So as I started out saying, this is a very sensitive topic. It is not meant to trigger anyone. If you feel that this may this topic may trigger you, then please um, hang up the phone. And I'm saying that with respect. I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but it's not meant to trigger you. But I know that it can trigger you, especially if you have been a victim of this, Okay. Um, and particularly if you have not dealt with it or had therapy for, uh, you know, because of it or whatever. Um, I myself am going to try. I have decided that I'm going to be a little transparent, meaning I'm going to share as much as I'm comfortable with with some of the experiences that I have had. I'm I'm pretty much an open book. I, that's just me because it's therapeutic for me. But I... I might still not share everything, but I may share some things, okay? Um, But again, if if this topic is going to be too much for you, male or female, maybe you're a male and this is happening to someone close to you and it's just hard for you, please do not listen to this call, okay? Because I do not want you to be triggered. I really don't. This, This subject matter can bring up, some of the worst memories, I know, because I've dealt with it personally. Um, and if you're not in a place where you can handle those memories, it can cause some very bad things, okay? So this, these next couple of weeks would not be for you if you feel like you're going to be triggered. If you feel like you can handle the topic, but then we get deeper into the discussion and you decide I can't deal with that, please hang up. Because I promise you, I am not trying to trigger anybody. I'm just at the point in my life where I need to get some things out. I I feel that it is uh, a taboo subject that the community deals with on some level, some of us. Um, Some targets deal with the sexual, have dealt or deal with the sexual abuse, and some as a direct result of being targeted. I was thinking back, and and I was like, Lord, was this stuff tied into my targeting? You know, it's, I would probably never know the answer to that, but some of it just may have been. I don't know because it's happened more than once with me. So <clears throat> we're going to talk about it, okay? And I was trying to figure out the best way to talk about the sex crimes, but it's such a large topic that I think it needs to be broken down. So we're going to do it over the next couple of weeks, okay? We're going to talk about human trafficking, sex trafficking, which I guess is the same thing, um, prostitution, same thing, um, incest, date rape, rape, you know, the whole shebang, uh, molestation, 
the whole sex thing, okay? And that's going to be over the next several weeks. So if this is not a topic that you are comfortable with, um, it's probably not going to be for you these next couple of weeks, okay? So please do what you need to do to take care of yourself, okay? And when it comes to talking about it, um, commenting on it, please only talk about what you are comfortable with, okay? I'm going to be reading from some articles. I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to share some of my own stuff, just depending on how I feel at that moment. But do not talk about anything that you don't want to disclose. That's not the point. The point is we need to address everything. Every single topic in this world has a direct result on us. Everything does not have to be I'm being followed here. They did this. You know, I couldn't sleep. No, there's some other issues in this world that affect us as well. And I know that Lauren has um, touched on this, has talked about this subject on her call, and I commend her for that because it is a subject that needs to be addressed. It affects us. It really does. It affects us. It affects me every day of my life, but I can I can manage it now. So I, I really thank God for that. Omaha B says it's an abuse of power. Yes. And, and he's talking about um, incest. We're going to be talking about that another day. Today we're going to start with the, um, with the prostitution. Okay, that's where we're going to start today. So um, I'm going to give you guys a moment to hang up if you need to hang up, okay, because I, I promise, I, I know it can be very triggering. It really can. It can be very, I, I went to therapy for it, and I um, I used to go home triggered every night. I didn't know anything about targeting back then, but I was I was very much triggered. Now let me see. And the question of the day is, um, do you know anyone or yourself who has been a victim of sex trafficking? No details. I'm just going to take an unofficial poll because I believe that it has affected everyone in some way, whether it's you or someone you know. And it's just a simple yes or no, you guys. I'm not trying to get information out of anybody. I just want to do an unofficial poll to see if you know anyone. Um, I do. I do. As far as today we're talking about the um, prostitution piece of it, I do. I know people in my family who I strongly believe was into it. Well, one of them I know for sure. The other one, strongly, several of us believe that this person was, was involved in prostitution. And um, so I'm going to put a yes for myself here. So that's the question. Do you know anyone? It could have been a friend, a neighbor down the street, anybody. I think that it has affected most of us. Let me see. Hang on. Let me pull up my article. And by the way, uh, men are victims of prostitution as well as women. There are men, there are male sex workers as well. And, and we're going to talk about the different types of, of uh, sex workers, okay? Because when we think of prostitution, we think of the streetwalker, 
But that's not necessarily so. Let me see where my article is. One second. Hang on, you guys. Okay, we're going to start out with these um, frequently asked questions about um, sex slavery, and it is a form of slavery, and sex trafficking. So we're going to start off with these frequently asked questions, and then I'm going to read a short article from a pimp, and he tells you how what he did to recruit the girls, and um, and then we'll talk about the different types because there there is more than one form of um, prostitution. Okay, let's see. Is everybody cool with this subject? If you're not, please, please um, come back in a couple of weeks because <laughs> we're going to be talking about this for a couple of weeks. Okay, so this comes from a website called seroptimist.org, okay, and it's called Sex Slavery Trafficking Frequently Asked Questions. What is human trafficking? A $32 billion annual industry, modern-day trafficking is a type of slavery that involves the transport or trade of people for the purpose of work. According to the UN, about 2.5 million people around the world are ensnared in the web of human trafficking at any given time. Human trafficking impacts people of all backgrounds, and people are trafficked for a variety of purposes. Men are often trafficked into hard labor jobs, while children are trafficked into labor positions in textile, agriculture, and fishing industries. Women and girls are are typically trafficked into the commercial sex industry, i.e. prostitution or other forms of sexual exploitation. Not all slaves are trafficked, but all trafficking victims are victims of slavery. Human trafficking is a particularly cruel type of slavery because it removes the victim from all that is familiar to her. And again, I'm going to say him, him and her and him, um, rendering her completely isolated and alone, often unable to speak the language of her captors or fellow victims. What is sex slavery trafficking? Sex Trafficking or slavery is the exploitation of women and children within national or across international borders for the purpose of forced sex work. Commercial sexual exploitation includes pornography, prostitution, and sex trafficking of women and girls and is characterized by the exploitation of a human being in exchange for goods or money. Each year, an estimated 800,000 women and children are trafficked across international borders. Though additional numbers of women and girls are trafficked within countries, some sex trafficking is highly visible, such as street prostitution. But many trafficking victims remain unseen, operating out of unmarked brothels in unsuspecting and sometimes suburban neighborhoods. Sex traffickers may also operate out of a variety of public or private locations, 
such as massage parlors, spas, and strip clubs. Adult women make up the largest group of sex trafficking victims, followed by girl children, although a small percentage of men and boys are trafficked into the sex industry as well. Human trafficking migration patterns tend to flow from east to west, but women may be trafficked from any country to another country at any given time, and trafficking victims exist everywhere. Many of the poorest and more unstable countries have the highest uh, incidences of human trafficking, and extreme poverty is a common bond among trafficking victims. Where economic alternatives do not exist, women and girls are more vulnerable to being tricked and coerced into sexual servitude. And, and most of them are tricked into it and manipulated into it. Increased unemployment and the loss of job security have undermined women's incomes and economic position. A stalled gender wage gap, as well as increase in women's part-time and informal sector work, push women into poorly paid jobs and long-term and hidden unemployment which leaves women vulnerable to sex traffickers. Okay, who traffics the women and the girls? Organized crime is largely responsible uh, for the spread of international human trafficking. Sex trafficking, along with its uh, correlative elements, kidnapping, rape, prostitution, and physical abuse, is illegal in nearly every country in the world. However, widespread corruption and greed make it possible for sex trafficking to quickly and easily proliferate. Though national and international institutions may attempt to regulate and enforce anti-trafficking legislation, local governments and police forces may in fact be participating in sex trafficking rings. Why do traffickers traffic? Because sex trafficking can be extremely lucrative especially in areas where opportunities for education and legitimate employment may be limited. According to the United Nations Office of Drugs and Crime, UNODC, the uh, greatest numbers of traffickers are from Asia, followed by Central and Southeastern Europe and Western Europe. Crime groups involved in the sex trafficking of women and girls are also often involved in the transnational trafficking of drugs and firearms and frequently use violence as a means of carrying out their activities. An overriding factor of the proliferation of trafficking is the fundamental belief that the lives of women and girls are expandable. In societies where women and girls are undervalued or not valued at all, women are at greater risk for being abused, trafficked, and coerced into sex slavery. If women experience if women experience improved economic and social status, trafficking would in large be eradicated. Now, how are the women trafficked? Women and girls are ensnared in sex trafficking in a variety of ways. Some are lured with offers of legitimate and legal work as shop assistants or waitresses. Others are promised marriage, educational opportunities, and a better life. Still others are sold into trafficking by boyfriends, friends, neighbors, or even parents. Believe it or not, parents do traffic their own children. I've heard the stories. Trafficking victims often excuse me, pass among multiple traffickers, 
moving further and further from their home um, countries. Women often travel through multiple countries before uh, ending at their financial de- uh, fi- at their final excuse me destination. For example, a woman from the Ukraine may be sold to a human trafficker in Turkey. Wow, that is slavery. They're selling selling the women. Uh, who then passes her on to a trafficker in Thailand. Along the way, she becomes confused and disoriented. Typically, once in custody of traffickers, a victim's passport and official papers are confiscated and held. Victims are told um, they are in the destination country illegally, which increases victims' dependency on the traffickers. Victims are often kept in captivity and also trapped into debt bondage, whereby they are um, obligated to pay back large recruitment and transportation fees before being released. Um, and I have heard these stories, you guys, about how, okay, let me just say this. I have heard a story from ATI, okay? This is how this stuff can relate to us. How um, this person, something was staged, okay? I'm trying to be vague, but still let you guys get the point of how this can happen in this community. Something was, sta- was staged where this lady um, ended up owing a whole lot of money, okay? There was something staged. I won't even go into what because then it'll kind of give it away. But this person ended up owing a whole lot of money, like a lot, 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 like many thousands of dollars that she, there was no way that she could pay back, okay? She ended up getting an attorney to try to help her figure this out. The attorney ended up trafficking her and kept saying, you owe, you owe more, you know, more attorney fees, more attorney fees. I had to do this. Now you owe more, you owe more, you owe more, you owe more. A person got introduced, separate from this attorney, a person got introduced to this, to this, to this lady, okay? The lady ended up dating the guy as a boyfriend. The boyfriend turned out to be a pimp, okay? She felt that, okay, I have all these legal fees, I have all this, these problems because of this staged event that happened and I owe all this money, I'm totally stressed out, I'll just go ahead and do it. Okay, and this is a TI. So this is the way, this is one of the ways how they recruit people into doing this. They create this big problem, this big financial problem, you know, stress you out about it. And for her, she didn't see any other way but to get involved in prostitution. So just be careful. Be careful. Okay. Human trafficking victims experience various stages of degradation and physical and psychological torture. Victims are often deprived of food and sleep and unable to move about freely and are physically tortured. In order to keep women captive, victims are told their families and their children will be harmed or murdered if they, the woman, try to escape or tell anyone about their situation. Because victims rarely understand the culture and language of the country, into which they have been trafficked, they experience another layer of psychological stress and frustration. Often before before servicing clients, women are forcibly raped by the traffickers themselves in order to initiate the cycle of abuse and degradation. 
Some women are drugged in order to prevent them from escaping. Once broken in, sex traffic victims can service up to 30 men a day. That's ridiculous. And are vulnerable to sexually transmitted diseases, HIV, and unwanted pregnancies. Okay, so who purchases these women and girls? Many believe that sex trafficking is something that occurs somewhere else. However, many of the biggest trafficking consumers are developed nations, and men from all sectors of society support the trafficking industry. There is no one profile that encapsulates the typical client. Rather, men who purchase trafficked women are both rich and poor, Eastern and Western. Many are married and have children, and in some cases, uh, was reported in one New York Times article, men have sex with trafficked girls in lieu of abusing their own young children. Wow. Um, in addition to sex tourism, the practice of traveling or vacationing for the purpose of having sex is a billion-dollar industry that further encourages the sexual exploitation of women and girls. Many sex tours explicitly feature young girls. The tours are marketed specifically to pedophiles who prey on young children and men who believe that having sex with virgins or young girls will cure sexually transmitted diseases. Often the men spread HIV and other STDs to their young victims, creating localized disease epidemics. Um, That is one of the things about prostitution sex trafficking is that um, many of these people will end up with serious diseases and even AIDS. It's a very serious thing. Okay, what is being done to stop human trafficking? An organization, as an organization of business and professional women working to improve the lives of women and girls in local communities throughout the world, um, Seroptimist undertakes a number of projects that directly and indirectly help potential trafficking victims. In late 2007, the organization launched a major campaign aimed at raising awareness about the devastating practice of sex trafficking. Okay. There was something on here. Okay. This is what I want you guys to write down in case you know of anyone who is a victim of um, prostitution or sex slavery, sex sex trafficking. Okay, if you suspect an incident of sex trafficking in the United States, call the National Human Trafficking Resources Center, 24-hour toll-free hotline. The number is 888-3737. Oh, wait, excuse me, 888-3737. That doesn't make sense. Wait, that's not seven digits. One, two, three, four, five, six. Okay. 888-3737. Okay. I guess that's the number. Something looks weird about this call number here. Um, Callers can receive a number of services, including crisis intervention, urgent and non-urgent referrals, tip reporting, and comprehensive anti-trafficking resources. Okay. So that number, this number doesn't look right. So... The name of it is called the National Human Trafficking Resources Center, okay? If you are a loved one or involved in this and and want to try to find a way to escape, please call that number. They are there to help. 
Okay, now I want to read to you. Hang on, you guys. Any any comments or questions while I look for my next article? Please start eight. Again, for those of you who just joined, we are talking about a very sensitive topic today, which is prostitution. So if this is something that is going to trigger you, then please hang up. We're going to be talking about um, sex crimes. This is a crime. Sex crimes for the next couple of weeks, okay, which can be very triggering to some people. Let's see. I want to read this article. All right. This is... This this is this is in the Star. This is on Star.com, and the title is "An Accused Pimp Describes Ways Women Get Lured into Human Sex Trafficking." Okay, in a jailhouse interview, Matt, Matthew Diaco told the Star that it begins with the boyfriend stage. Okay, so this is this is these are warning signs. Okay, when you meet someone, these could possibly be signs that this person is a pimp. It means you no good, and this is. This guy had a lot of women, so he's telling you he's in jail now. So he's blowing the whistle and he's, you know, telling you how um, how he recruited his girls, okay, and how most of them do. Um, he says that it begins with the boyfriend stage, where pimps prey on vulnerable girls, and this can apply to women as well. Not all of them are young, are young girls, and pretend to be in love. The echo is facing 19 charges, including human trafficking. Okay, so he has nothing to lose. He's telling what's going on. Um, the day Matthew Diaco first pimped out a woman is the day he grew up and turned into a man. Okay, and that's what he said. Uh, that's when I learned women, like you know, learn how they work. Uh, he said he learned how they work. He learned what they want. Uh, everything from doing boy things to a grown-up man. The 29-year-old career criminal is sitting behind bars dressed in an orange jumpsuit. His fingernails are long. His gaze is steady. He has pimping tattooed across his knuckles, teardrops on his cheek, and F-all-Bs on his chest. He doesn't flinch when he describes how in the past he backhanded a sex worker for causing too much drama or how pimps prey on young girls who just need that daddy figure. Okay, so they look for those ones who are missing their daddies. Um, Diaco is facing 19 charges, including human trafficking, assault, causing bodily harm, unlawful confinement, and kidnapping. He awaits trial. In a jailhouse interview at the Toronto East Detention Center, Diaco told the star he could not talk about his case that is before the courts except to say that police have the facts of his case wrong. For example, he says he did not, as police allege, repeatedly punch the victim in the face or throw her in the trunk of a car or hold a gun against her head. Um, and that's terrible. But these, uh, whether he did it or not, these, this is reality for a lot of these um, women and men and girls. Um, he refuses to say what he did do, but instead he gave the star an insider perspective of how pimps lure women into the sex trade, 
which on the streets is known as the game. Diaco has played the game, and he knows it well. It begins with the boyfriend stage, he said, when pimps prey on vulnerable girls and pretend to be in love. Most of these girls, like I said, they're broken. It's not hard. You just have to answer their call, Diaco says. You get in there, you find their cracks, like some of them like drugs, and some of them just need to hear I love you. See, so they're looking for people with low self-esteem, okay? Whatever you need to hear, that's what they're going to tell you. And then he says, but he added, it's all an illusion because there is no love in the sex trade, okay? It's a very unemotional, very cold industry. There is no love. The next stage is the sale, where the pimp starts to manipulate the girl into thinking prostitution is an easy way for them to make fast money so they can start to build a future together. We need to start a life. That's what you tell them. We need to put money away. I'm going to do what I do. Um, And he says, I'm putting away my 50, so you have to put away your 50. So there's another way you can do it. You can have sex with guys, but don't worry. I'm going to love you anyway, whether you have sex with guys or not. And then at the end of the night, you're home with me, he says. Okay? So he tells her, you know, I have my money. We're going to build this big, beautiful future together. All this whole world is going to be ours. I have my money. You need to get yours. I know a fast way you can get it. I'll set you up with the guy. It's nothing. Do you know? Sex is nothing. I'm still going to love you. That's how he. That's how this guy manipulated these women. And he says, and then they do it. And he says, why did they do it? He said, because I just sold her a dream. He said he was only 16 years old when an older pimp gave him two prostitutes in Toronto a deal known as changing ownership in the uh, prostitution world. Uh, let's see. He said that's when the day, that's the day he went from chump, chump change to house money for making $1,000 from every car he stole to taking $1,000 off of one person in one day. Over the past 13 years, Diaco says he has more than, he has had more than a dozen women working in the sex trade at one point up to four at a time from hotels, motels, and condos in Toronto. Um, sometimes in a month, if you have four women, you can make $70,000. So see, this is a very lucrative business, and that's why it's such a big industry. And as they say, it's the oldest um, industry. Um, he no longer uses love to lure women. And then it goes on. I won't read his whole article, but it goes on to say that he's now engaged and he's facing all this time in prison and everything. So that's why he's sharing the story, okay? But he just tells how he gets into their heads. He finds out what's missing in their life, and he sells them the dream. That's what he does. And that's what most of them do. Okay, so this is the last piece of this, and you guys are welcome to comment. And this is... This talks about, this is on the Business Insider, and this talks about the different types of prostitution, and this just goes into six types, okay, and where they work and how they do it. There are many other types, but this is just a few. Okay, you have the Independent Call Girl, Escort, and I'm going to add gigolos because Gigolos do this as well. Male, male, they're male escorts as well. 
Um, and the independent call girl or the escort is the independent escort worker for themselves in hotels and private buildings like houses, charge high prices, and stay away from the public eye. They likely advertise their services online, and they get to keep their profits since they're self-employed. Okay, there is a lot of online prostitution, you guys, a lot. On these dating websites, a lot of those women are prostitutes. A lot of those guys on there are pimps who are recruiting. So be very careful when you're on these dating websites. A lot of prostitution happens on those websites, and a lot of pimps are on there recruiting. Okay, so be very, very careful. Okay. Um, another type of sex worker is the escort agency employee. Like independent call girls, employees of escort agencies work in private locations or hotels and charge relatively high prices. Ex-New York Governor Elliot Spitzer slept with an escort agency employee, Ashley Dupree, for $4,300 a night. Witzer says these employees face moderate exploitation they have to give a cut of their earnings to their agencies, okay? So they, this stuff's not even supposed to be legal over here, but it is. Okay, then you have your brothel employee. Brothels are dedicated locations where people pay for sex and can include saunas, massage parlors. That, that was big. The massage parlor thing was big in San Francisco. Um, let's see. The price they charge are moderate, and brothel workers endure moderate exploitation since they have to give part of their earnings to the brothel owner said. Licensed brothels are legal in parts of Nevada. Okay. Then you have the window worker. This type of prostitution is prevalent in Amsterdam, enticing passerbys to enter houses of prostitution by prominently displaying the women in windows. Here, Witzer, uh, Witzer's excellent description of window workers which pay women a low to moderate wage. Um, almost all of Amsterdam's window rooms are single occupancy, separating workers from each other. Some rooms are connected to a bathroom and kitchen shared by several workers, but the women spend most of their time by themselves in front of the windows. The situation contrasts sharply with brothels, where workers can enjoy a party atmosphere and regular social contact with other providers, staff, and customers. Then you have the bar and casino worker. These sex workers make initial contact with men at a bar or casino and then have sex at a separate location. In bars in Thailand, the Philippines, and the Dominican Republic, guys pay bar fees, okay? So these people... These particular prostitutes, they hang out in bars, okay, and they have to pay the bar fees, okay, and then they have to pay the bar fees to, you know, to, to do their business there or to pick up their johns there. Um, and it says, the Dominican Republican guys pay bar fees to leave a club with a worker and spend several days with her. The guys, often foreigners, pay the women's expenses during that time in arrangement in an arrangement that often confers that uh, status of the prostitution. The women earn low to moderate salaries, okay? So these women work for the bar, 
and the Johns come in, and they just the women just kind of hang out there, and the Johns come in, they know they're there, and they pick their prostitute, okay? Um, then you have the streetwalker, which is probably the most common form. Streetwalkers um, earn relatively little money and are vulnerable to exploitation. Not surprisingly, they report less job satisfaction and get paid less than indoor prostitutes, bar workers, brothel workers, or call girls. Streetwalking is also notoriously dangerous. One study found prostitutes in Colorado Springs were 18 times more likely to be murdered. That's the other thing. These women are subjected to uh, many forms of physical abuse, psychological abuse, and being murdered. Um, Okay, so Colorado Springs were 18 times more likely to be murdered than other women of a similar age. Some experts say making prostitution legal everywhere, as it is in the Netherlands, part of Mexico, and part of Nevada, is the only way to make it safe and less stigmatized. Okay, so that's just some forms of uh, prostitution, but there are many. You have a lot of celebrities into it. Um, Again, I think I mentioned the male escorts. This article talked about the female escorts. Um, Strippers, and they include strippers in there. A lot of strippers are into prostitution. Not every stripper. There are some strippers that say they they strictly dance, they strictly strip, strip, and they don't engage in the prostitution. But there are some that that go all the way, okay? And there are a lot of uh, pimps that come in to recruit the prostitutes as well. Um, some reasons that people might get involved with this is um, they could be MK Ultra victims and forced into sex acts. Uh, they could be poverty stricken, and this is where our community may come in to play with this kind of stuff. Uh, uh, many victims are poverty stricken; they see no other way. There are um, I've read articles about uh, this young lady. She she was a foreigner over here, and her family didn't really have a way to take care of themselves, so she was selling drugs. Um, and gang members. They say gang members are highly involved in pimping out young women, and so she got involved uh, with uh, selling drugs to try to help support her family, Um, and then she eventually met some gang members, and the gang members turned her out, and she ended up prostituting for them. They said drug dealers, I read some articles that said that drug dealers and gang members are highly involved in prostitution or or pimping, okay? Um, A lot of children that are coming out of foster care, they are uh, coerced and forced into sex trafficking. Some of them are released from foster care, have no way of taking care of themselves, and so they get involved in uh, prostitution. I also read somewhere that uh, a lot of people from the LGBT Q, uh, the lesbian, um, I don't know what all that stands for, the LBGQ community, that they are a very vulnerable uh, group of people, and a lot of them become involved. And I'm not sure why. I should have probably did a little more research into that. But they said that a lot of them become involved in um, in sex trafficking. Um And I think that's it, you guys. I think that's it. So any comments? Let's please stay on this subject for a moment, and then we can go on to other things. Start eight. Um, and I just simply want to know, yes or no, do you know anyone involved in this kind of It's just a yes or no. You do not have to go into details. I'm just 
taking a little unofficial poll here. Hello? Yeah, hi. Hi, Jerome. Yeah, hi there. Um, Yeah, I suspect that I do know someone that, uh, that you know, could be. I know people in the neighborhood that do it for sure. Uh, you know, it's a very sad story. How um, how uh, people get can get lured, uh, uh, and, you know, put into these situations. As a self-defense uh, instructor, these are the people that I. Uh, those are the enemies to uh, guys like me because I teach people how to defend themselves against people like those. And uh, what the pimps call it is, is they call it flipping. Mm-hmm. Where they will uh, they will get yeah my signal is very low I think they're blocking my signal uh, it's called flipping where they get a good girl to be a bad girl uh, and to sell her or uh, her genitalia um, mm-hmm. like, like you say they start off with the boyfriend mode and then mm-hmm. it's uh, I need some money to fix my car I need I'm short of my rent or something some financial crisis they'll hit you with. And then they will say, well, there's a guy that I'd like you to talk to. If you don't feel comfortable, you don't have to, um, you don't have to, uh, uh, you know, do anything. You can just come back. But in, in reality, it's not true. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they, they get into a situation and then they're, the guy, you know, forces himself because, well, you know, he's paying for it and he just figures that she's got no rights or whatever. Mm-hmm. So... Um, so she's lured in, and uh, and uh, you know, and it becomes her life slowly. But they call that flipping when they turn a normal uh, lady into a like a like a streetwalker, or, or you know, or get her into the rough trade, as they call it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So as a self-defense instructor, um, that's that's what I uh, that's what I deal with, and yeah, they. When I worked in the clubs, there's people that uh, I call them people. They they're more like animals. They come in there and they they ask me who was security, uh, you know, where the drunk uh, uh, chicks at. So basically, they just haul them away and uh, have their way with them, you know, and just say it was consensual sex. So yeah, there's a lot of uh, I call it just animal culture, where um, you know they just exploit exploit you sexually, and I. I told all my loved ones that when they go to a bar, I don't know, don't. I, I promote not going to a bar. Maybe a sports bar to watch MMA. That's usually what I do, and it's with with friends. It's not to go there and and dance or whatever. Um, uh, just uh, I call it like an MMA party. So, but I tell them, do not leave the drinks unattended. If you leave mm-hmm. the drinks, unattended, just treat it like poison. Don't don't think that it can't happen, or everyone looks so well dressed, or so well groomed, or or this person, or so they're so good looking, they look like they could be models. And no, a creep is a creep. So don't get caught into the cosmetics and and get fooled by a pretty face, because a lot of them are well dressed and well put out, and you wouldn't suspect that these people are just animals. They just want to what they want. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so if you if you go to a bar, I told my sister, if they're gonna offer you a drink, say yeah, but Give me a bottle of beer, and I want the cap on it. I do not want the cop the the, the cap off. That's mm-hmm. a good way. 
you know, yeah, it's a very sad story. Um, these guys are human predators. And yeah. the thing that the thing that I found out, Renata, is that there's what makes it difficult now is that I found out that there's female pimps. You you wouldn't think that there's a female pimp like that's a perfect disguise for a pimp is a yeah. woman is a pimp with a with female genitalia because you figure another woman would not do that to another woman but absolutely it happens it happens more time than you you know that I could imagine I never even thought about a female pimp but those are you know things this that's reality so I put that well in there, the there definitely are female pimps you're right and there are. Uh, a lot of these pimps use uh, other women to lure women in as well. The first, the the, the first time I found out about female pimps is uh, we were looking. My husband and I were looking on a website for um, people who. Let's see, how would you describe that website? Uh, people who have to register as sex offenders, and we did yeah. that because we were told that one of our neighbors was a sex offender. And we wanted to know more details. So someone told us that there was a website. So we went on there, and sure enough, we, we saw him on there, registered as a sex offender for molesting um, a child, um, mm. his his wife's granddaughter or something like that. Um, but we started, because you, you can pull this up by zip code. So we pulled it up by our zip code. We saw him there. But we also saw a lot of women on there. And so I started reading, like, why are these women on here? And almost all of them were accused of pimping. Hmm. And they had to register as sex offenders. And I was like, wow. That's how I found out about that. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's horrendous. Yeah, that's the perfect uh, cover, in my p- opinion, for a pimp. So you never figure a woman would do that to another woman. But they do. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. A lot of the women, they like you say, they work for a, like a male pimp, <clears throat> so they can, you know, the pimp and the male pimp can hide behind the female pimp and just get things done that way. Yeah, it's really disgusting, and um, you know, uh, it's just it's just horrendous. <clears throat> I think the only way to get rid of it, it sounds like a really uh, illogical thing, but. Uh, there's a Chinese proverb, there's a uh, Zen proverb that says, to get rid of the, the disease, you have to be, you have to make friends or be part of the disease. So um, the only way to get organized crime and get these creeps and these vultures and these zombies and cadavers with their dead souls, the only way to get these people out of uh, out of the scene is to, well, let the most organized crime unit uh, run it, which is the government, right? So, just just legalize it and uh, and just and just get organized crime out of there, and just mm-hmm. give them health care and protection. I know it sounds kind of uh, bizarre, but that'd be the best way to tr- control this. You know, it's just like marijuana; just legalize it and just get organized crime out of there, and just um, let the uh, government, uh, you know, uh, run it. That'd be, I think that's the best solution to the problem. Just, just make it like yeah. a normal, you know, normal, normal, you know, because people are going to be doing it anyway. If they want to do it, they're going to do it. So, yeah, that's all I have to say. Thank you, Jerome. Okay. I was, as I was uh, researching this topic, I was thinking about this lady when I, um, as I grew up, there was a lady, and we always looked at her as um, a person that was rich. I don't know how, I mean, we were pretty poor, so uh, everybody looked rich to us, but uh, her name was Carmelita, and 
we um we just thought, oh my gosh, she's so rich because she dressed fancy and everything. Um, but I can remember she would always have these young guys with her. Like this lady had to be in her sixties, and she'd have these guys with her in these fancy cars that looked like they were in their twenties, and they were very very handsome. And uh, she was a good looking lady too. But when I look back, well, people used to always say. Uh, that she paid them, but we didn't know, you know, about the whole um, prostitution thing. But I think that these, now I'm looking back, I'm thinking that these guys were gigolos. And a lot of these older women will hire these guys to date them, to take them to dinner, but to also have sex with them. So I really believe that's what Miss Carmelita was into. She should be um, pretty sure she's deceased now, but that's another form. Part eight, if you'd like to weigh in on this topic. Hello. How are you Hello. doing, Mother? I'm good. How are you, Charles? I'm all right. Let's see um, where we're going to start. Um, um, first of all, Jerome brought up something that I was, was going to get into, is that when, it, when this subject comes up, all right, they always um, focus on, you know, the um, the low life, you know, pimps out there that be doing what they be doing, all right? Mm-hmm. All right? And never, I mean, never, okay, or hardly ever, um, focus on the actual females that's involved in the game, because they are, okay? Yes. Matter, yes. matter of fact, matter of fact, um, majority. Majority of the um, street walkers and crawl girls and all that, all right, they was lured in by um, women, not pimps. At least as far as you know, what I saw them coming up in the streets and stuff. Very true. So, well, that and then leads that leads to um, something I wanted to say is that okay. My um, experience as far as, you know, uh, this subject and who I know, you know, really devastated me, um, is that, um, well, let me say, let me put it like this. One of the techniques, also one of the techniques used by pimps and things like that, vultures that's in the gate, is that, they send the main trusted women, okay, into colleges and stuff like that. Colleges and university campuses. Yes, that's up. a big recruiting ground. That's a good right. point, Charles. Yeah, also a big, a big recruiting ground, right. All right. And these promises, and these promises of, um, oh, you look like a model. Mm-hmm. I can help your modeling career. And it can help you to pay for college. Good point, Charles. Go ahead. And and that's what happened to this girl I know. All right. Went to the same college. And my memory for from um from high you know, my high school they even though we went to different high school. And yes, she dropped their gorgeous and all that. I mean, you know. But she was she wasn't um um, you know, like um, some wild party girl or nothing like that. She was, 
you know, strict parent. Uh, well, she was living with her aunt. I mean, you know, um, um, you know, like what we say in the streets, uh, a, some of a church girl, okay? You know, good, good girl. You know what I'm saying? She's a church girl. Yeah. So when we get when we get to college, I see her because I, I was always the one that admired her from a distance. All right. Cause I thought I was out of you know thought I was out of my league. You know, you know so I see her started talking to these these girls. Okay. That what the hell is she doing with them? You know? And um then um I know a couple of friends okay, one who I was trying to get with. I and they was talking about how she was um getting involved with uh, with the wrong crowd. Alright. So years later she ended up in prostitution. All right, I found out about it, and I stepped, I stepped, I stepped up, you know, I stepped in. But yeah, also how this relates, I think there's something else that should be discussed is how this thing relates to us being as far as T.I. Okay. Because um, um, Joyce Riley on a Power Hours um, Power Power Hours show, Morning Power Hours show, a few years ago, um, interviewed two two guys. I mean, they gave, they broke down details. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna email you the um the link to the um, broadcast. Okay, and they broke down how. As far as young boy prostitutes, okay, being guided into you know homosexual, you know, prostitution and stuff like that, okay, was by government agents. Government agents were thinking that goes on too. Yes, it does. There's a big yeah. scandal going on here with the, with the local police. The fire department and everybody was involved in, in um, soliciting prostitution. But go ahead. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Not only, yeah. Not, you know, not just, you know, I mean, playing around with them. I mean, it's you. They actually covering them themselves. So, I mean, that goes on, too. So, um, as far as that, I mean, that's mainly what, but the thing about it is, um, also, always be be aware that it's not just a man a man doing it. Okay, women out there doing it too. Yes. Oh, okay, and also the different stages of prostitution. Okay, like you you broke it down and street walking and all that. Okay, I say okay, my you know. It's perception or what you know is that the majority of women are tricked, lured, and all that type of stuff into the game. But then there's some grown women, 
Okay, they actually make that lifestyle for themselves. Why? But I don't know, but they did. Okay, and you know that's something needs a little look into to be examined too. Okay, right. anything else, Charles? No, that's it. Okay, thank you. Right. Okay, so um, hang on one second, you guys. Okay. So let me just be transparent here and um, share with you guys something that I went through as a young a young person who had a very low self-esteem, uh, was very introverted, always to myself. Um, when I was in middle school, and I'm saying this because this is going to help me to, um, hopefully it'll help someone else, but it's going to help me to uh, to face some of this that I went through and to um, to move past it, to, to finally put the past all the way behind me, and as I said, hopefully to help someone else. So when I was in middle school, back in the 70s, many years ago, um, as I said, I was a loner, uh, very self, very low self-esteem written all over my face, and people can see that. So if you have a low self-esteem or your children or grandchildren have a low self-esteem, um, help them to build that because these are – the cracks, as that pimp in that article said, these are the cracks that these uh, people who prey on people, this is what they look for, any kind of crack, okay? So I didn't have very many friends, uh, but there was one girl who um, who pretended to like me, I guess, you know, so we were, we were friends, and she was a, uh, a bad apple. She was a pretty bad apple. She was um, her family didn't want to deal with her. She had a bad reputation in the neighborhood, but she liked me, and 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 I was happy about that, and I liked her, so I hung out with her. Um, and we didn't get into too many bad things together because I kind of knew my limits with her. Like you know, when she would do the real bad stuff, I'd just separate myself because I was kind of scary, um, and she was little, she was kind of wild, what you would consider wild. So uh, one day she convinced me to cut school. And I did that, and I don't even remember where we went. I really don't. I have to think back to where we went, but we cut school. And um, the next day when I went to school, my uh, the teacher called my parents, and my mom was like, okay, you in trouble when you get home. You miss school this day and that day and this day. And I was like, oh, okay. So I was scared to go home. And uh, so this girl said, this girl who I was hanging out with, the bad apple, she said, let's run away. She was like, let's run away. I was like, okay. Sounds like a good idea because if I go home, I know what's going to happen. And so um, she had a car waiting for us. She was like, I know, I know. Um, I have somebody, you know, I know somewhere we can go. Let's just run away because I'm not going home either. And so we get in the car with these guys. She knew the guys. So we get in the car with these guys. And I remember one of the guys saying, let's take them to and he named this guy. And I didn't think too much of it, but I did hear him say that, And I'm, but I'm trusting her. And so we go to this guy's house. Long story short, the guy turned out to be a pimp. And 
Um, I still didn't know that because I I I I didn't know about any of this stuff. I I didn't never I I didn't know anything about prostitution or anything. I was probably fourteen, maybe fourteen years old. I was never exposed to anything like that. And uh, so we get into this house, which is here in Oakland, by the way. Um, we get to this house, and there was a lady sitting in there. Uh, we saw this guy who, whose name they had mentioned where they said they were going to take us, and he did not look like a nice guy. He was an older guy. He didn't look nice. Um, and there was a lady in there who I thought may be his wife or girlfriend or something. They were much older than us. Like I said, I was like 14, and I think my friend might have been a year or two older than me. And the lady looked afraid. She looked afraid. I remember there being a pool table in in one of the rooms, and a bunch of people were in there playing pool. And this whole environment was confusing for me because I had never – been exposed to stuff like this and drinking and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And um, a guy came in and he said something to the lady who looked afraid. And I, I think the lady didn't say something back. The next thing I know, the pimp guy came in there and, like, beat the mess out of the lady and said he spoke to you and you were supposed to speak. And that's when I said, oh, my gosh, what in the world? And I, that's when I knew, okay, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble here. And um, But I still didn't know anything about prostitution or anything. Then I remember them having a conversation saying, go get them some clothes. And I, I just remembered this conversation. And I thought to myself, now, we don't have cell phones and things back in the 70s, okay? So there was nobody I could really call. And I remember thinking, I'm in trouble. They separated me and my friend. I don't remember seeing her very much throughout this whole encounter. Um, long story short, some things took place, and I was physically abused. This guy, I don't know where this guy came from, and I could just cry thinking about this because I know God's mercy. Um, this guy came out of somewhere, and he said, I'm getting you out of here. I did not know this man. I've always been raised, you don't go with strangers, but I went with this man. That man took me home, and that was the end of that. No prostitution took place, but I was physically abused there, but that man took me home. That man, to me, was an angel. He took me home, and that was the end of that. That's why I know that God's grace is, is real. God have mercy on me. For whatever reason, he made sure I got out of there. That man, before he took me home, he took me to his house. He did not do anything to me. He told me about that whole thing, that those are pimps, those are prostitutes, your friend is into it. I had no idea that this girl I was hanging with. And I'm telling you guys, things like that make me wonder, was all this tied into targeting? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think that guy ever went to jail because I remember some days later, and I told my mother the whole story, I remember some days later uh, walking to school, and he drove up on me, and I was terrified. He drove up on me and said something about, you better not say anything, and I, I remember running for dear life. And that was the end of that. But when I look back on that, I see God's mercy and how God spared me 
from this whole world that could have been horrible for me. And I, I, I see how um, girls are used to lure other girls. I thought this girl was my friend. She convinced me, let's run away, and that, that wasn't the right decision for me to make because ultimately it was my decision to, to run away. But she lured me into this trap. And now that I look back, I see why I didn't see her anymore. They separated us because she had done her job, which, to, to, which was probably to recruit girls. And I probably was not the first one she was trying to recruit. But I openly thank God for sparing me from that because it could have been a whole life of prostitution. And I knew from that day forward not to trust anybody. So that's my story. That's me being transparent. I've never shared that with, I don't think, with anyone. Well, I did tell my mom what happened, and I sure didn't tell her everything. But, I, you know, I didn't share that. So that's how close I feel to you guys. This is very therapeutic for me. I can put that behind me, which I really had done anyway, but still, just to share it, okay? And hopefully it can help someone else. So that's my story with um, near prostitution. And that guy, someone said, uh, Omaha says, yes, an angel. That guy was an angel. He, I have, to this day, I wouldn't recognize that man if I saw him. I would not know him. But that man, I don't, something just said it's okay to go with him. Now, being that I had just been physically abused by this pimp man, I could have been like, oh, my God, no, this man's going to take me somewhere and kill me. But something said it's okay to go with him. And that, I'm telling you, that man was an angel. He, he took me to his house. He fed me. He told me everything. He said, these people, these are bad people. Your friend is a bad person. These people are pimps and prostitutes. And I'm like, what is a pimp? I didn't even know what a pimp was. I honestly didn't. And he broke it all down to me. He said, where do you live? And actually, I really didn't even know how to show him how to get to my house. But eventually, we got to my house. Um, and but he didn't. He didn't. He said, "I'm not taking you all the way home because, of course, he didn't want to get in trouble." So he got me close enough. And oh, oh, let me think back because he called the police. He did. He told me to call the police and tell them that I was okay and that I was going home. And that's what happened. That's what happened. Omaha says, you were lucky, Renata. Your guardian angel was there, yes. And I'm telling you, God has thrown me so many anchors, you guys, so many. I have so many stories. That's why I can relate. When I hear stuff on these calls, I can truly relate to a lot. People know, nobody knows what you've been through. Nobody knows. I've been through a lot, a lot in my life, and so have you guys. But people see, people see where God has brought us to. They don't see where he brought us from. Okay, he brought me a mighty long way, and I really thank him. Um, Three Flowers says, Renata, your friend was probably being abused and was under duress. She um, had a really, really, really low self-esteem. She had a very low self-esteem. We both had low self-esteem. She was considered, quote, unquote, ugly um, in our community, the darker, you know, and that's how she was considered. To me, she was not ugly. Um, I think I accepted her and she accepted me, and that was how our kinship was. Um, But she had a really low self-esteem. She was considered the black sheep of her family. 
uh, her her mom them called her names and all that kind of stuff. So I could see how she got caught up in that kind of stuff. Um, West Coast Angel says an angel or a cop. And you know what? That crossed my mind. That really did cross my mind that that guy who helped me could have been a cop. That really did cross my mind. I remember him being a, a black older man. All of these were older men. The pimp was the, looked like he was the oldest. He looked washed up. The other ones, I don't know. The two guys who we got in the car with from the school, I don't know what their role was. I don't know if they were pimps as well, but I remember them saying, let's take them too, and they named that pimp's name. So I don't know if they were pimps themselves. I don't know if they were recruiters. I don't know if they were Johns. I don't know who they were. She knew them. I didn't know them. So I don't know. Um, Omaha B says a cop, and he says, I doubt it. Uh, West Coast says an undercover. I don't, for some reason, it crossed my, he was an angel. I can tell you that. He was. He just saw a vulnerable, young, scared, low self-esteem girl, and said she doesn't belong here. That's all I know. And he got me out of there. I don't even know how the pimp allowed him to do that, but he did it. He got me out of there. No, you know they had these plans to take us to the mall to get these clothes, and I remember thinking, what the heck are they talking about? All of this was foreign to me. All of this was foreign. I just knew that I was in trouble. I was like, I am in trouble. Something's, something's wrong. I'm in trouble. <sighs> okay, West Coast says, God touched that lady wherever she is. Um, could be an angel. Yes. Uh, grooming, sex groomers. Okay. Oh, the guys were groomers. Okay. He picked up a friend of his daughter's to drive Okay. All right. Start eight, if you'd like to comment. We're talking about prostitution. It touches so many people's lives. It, it, it has definitely touched mine. I thank God for sparing me. Hi, Lauren. Hey, Renata. Thank you for sharing your story. It took a lot for you to do that, Renata. It really did. Yes, it was very uh, freeing. I needed to get that out. So thank you for yeah. listening. Thank you very much for sharing. I do appreciate that. Prostitution is used just about in every angle, and there are a lot of, yeah, female pimps, definitely, um, especially in the foster foster care system, principals, um, social workers. And also, um, it's done a little different. I call them technological pimps, but with how we're, you know, harnessed with these weapons, a lot of times uh, the whole main purpose when they sometimes shoot you or wire your house so hot, they want to groom the female to the point where she's running out at night where packs of of rapists are attacking us. We're going back to like ancient Rome, public rape in the streets and stuff. The rape culture keeps growing. There's a good website called Victims of Immunity. They, her thing is they don't get the weapons, but she gets the gang stalking and the slanders that she's 5150 and the blacklisting for uh, loans or students, well, student loans to go back to school, blacklisted from future employment. They want to keep the female impoverished so they can groom her into prostitution 
or if she's maybe approaching a little over 40 or so but has good-looking children, they will use these bureaucracies to separate her from the child to uh, for pedophilia. They're all interlinked, and unfortunately, our group um, is also being utilized this way. I'm not uh, saying human experimentation is, is not happening to some of us, but what I'm saying is very un- unacknowledged of the sex trafficking and pedophilia that is rampant within the targeted individual community that has not had a portal to open this information up. Mm-hmm. That's all I wanted to say. If they just come at us a little bit differently through the aid of the dew weapons and then the synthetic telepathy. It's done a little, you know, they feel like they have an extra angle is what I want to say. But their end game goal is human trafficking. Yes, yes. Thank you so much, Lauren. And I know you talked about this on your call as well. Uh, actually, I do, and then because they're also, as you know, governmental trafficking too. We're still going down that and how to manu- uh, manipulate the court cases. They're all corrupt, but we have to do our best to keep fighting for the resistance. Every angle is just corruption, you know what I'm saying? And we do discuss that, yes, on my call. Um, I hope you guys can join in. We're keeping on, we're moving on, Renata, for information. Give Give, give your information, Lauren, please. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, we, we got it. We got kind of busy late. I'm a little tired. We're going to have a, a well, actually, the continuation of the court scams and how to uh, protect yourself with court filings tonight at 7 o'clock, 7 Eastern Standard Time. You guys, I'm always on talk shoe. The call is 144 771. 144 And my I'm always committed and firmed at 8 p.m. on Saturday evening, Eastern Standard Time. And the main topics are human trafficking, corruption, and RICO violations, racketeering, which is prevalent as well, as well as when I have a time to move the end times and how all of these correlate very much to Bible prophecies thousands of years ago. We are living them out. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you very much for your time and your support, Renata. I do appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, star eight if you'd like to speak. We're talking about prostitution. It it touches all of our lives in one way or another, either in our families or it's happened to us or, in my case, almost happened. If it had not been for God's grace, I would have been a victim of this. Um, Hi, Jerome. Yes, hi there. Um, yeah, Renata, sorry uh, that happened to you. Uh, that's an awful thing to, um, to, uh, to have to go through. Yeah, I'm I'm not a victim of like that, but um, because there was a lot of uh, for me it was racism and physical violence. That's what got me into uh, the martial arts. So yeah, it's never a good feeling to have to deal with that kind of. Uh... No, anyway, victim victimization of any kind is not good. Um, yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for sharing that. That took the courage of a green beret to mm-hmm. bring that, and thanks for trusting us with that information. Um, now, was I wanted to ask? Uh, I heard. Uh, something about social worker being involved in the prostitution. Oh, how does that work? Who said? Did I say that? I think so. 
You said there were social workers involved in this uh Oh, um, here here in Oakland, there was a, a great big, and it's still going on, there was a, a, a prostitute. She was uh, a minor at the time that she was prostituting. And I, by the way, I think Oakland is the capital of this prostitution thing in the U.S. because there's a lot of sex trafficking going on here. But this lady, um, there's a big court case going on. She said that she um, was walking the street. She had a pimp and everything, and the pimp had just beat her up, and a police pulled her over to the side and said, you know, I'll take care of him. Don't you worry about it. Get in the car. We'll make sure, you know, that he's arrested or whatever. We'll protect you. And in the course of that, he ended up having sex with her. And um, and then he started passing her around to all his police buddies. And then it became the fire captains and the fire departments and the sheriffs and before you knew it, she was servicing all of these officials here in Oakland and the surrounding cities. And so now she's an adult. I think she's something like 18, 19, 20. And she just won like a multi-million dollar lawsuit from the city here. And yeah. she's suing all these other cities. And so that's probably what I was talking about. Okay. No, it was actually the uh, the lady before you. She said something about social working. Social worker uh, workers are being, excuse me, involved in. Oh, was that know. Lauren? Lauren said that. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Well, she can she can tell Lauren. Tell us what you were talking about. Sorry, I must have missed that part. She'll tell us. <clears throat> yeah. So that's uh, no. This just caught my this caught my ear. Um, you know that's. Uh, I just find that very interesting because I know there's a lot of corruption. You know, it's just, it's you don't know what to do and you don't know what to say when you hear that people that are supposed to, be, to protect you, they're your li- last line of defense. There's a fire department. These are people that should be, be, you know, be able to be trusted. There's a police department. There's, there's, oh, my gosh, all these branches of uh, government services that you you know, people have been taught to believe in them. Mm-hmm. You hear that they're doing these things like the average Joe on the street. They're supposed to be, they say, a notch above, you know, the average citizen. Uh, but it doesn't seem that way some of the times. Yeah, and I heard that uh, 71% of the, uh, what do you call it, the uh, TIs are, are females. So I guess that's just a way to uh, to uh, work, um, you know, get their freak on, uh, you know, they can mix business with pleasure. And yeah, I was remembering uh, from one of the talk show calls that um, that they actually run prostitution rings from the uh, housing shelters. I think that's uh, maybe maybe uh, what she was talking about. Where the uh, the the homeless women or the homeless girls were turned into prostitutes and these. They, well, uh, Lauren, Lauren well, is they're... unmuted. Are you there, Lauren? Yeah. Hi, Renata. Um. Hi, Jerome. Um. When yeah. when I say the prostitution rings, um, or pedophilia rings, there's a lot of money involved, and um. Once um, you have to think of it this way, like sex trafficking, you know how you have drug trafficking or gun trafficking. That's a one transaction deal. But if I tag your behind 
for I can tell you over and over and over, the money is phenomenal. This is how the social workers get into it. If the female's young enough to traffic, they'll do her. But if she has kids, that's even better. These rings are intertwined with pedophilia rings. The first thing they'll do is come in, any kind of baloney line. Maybe the woman works uh, nine or ten hours one particular night, not the usual eight. They will all of a sudden, um, it's like a mafia. As Professor Martinez talked, this is an octopus, or I call it a labyrinth. All of a sudden, her child care will go up exponentially. So the woman's looking around to find affordable child care. Then all of a sudden, they'll have teachers around surrounding the child, emotional problems. It, uh, it can be a little thing, a scratch sometimes, falling, uh, I don't know, off skates or something. Anything to separate that woman from the children because that agency so family social services, a business, they want those kids for pedophilia. Mm -hmm. Same thing if it's a woman that doesn't have children, they'll separate her with poverty. Bureaucracies and people that have these positions of immunity are using their power as a sex trafficking ring. Everyone, please go to Victims of Immunity. Now, the president, Jessica Seymour, uh, her writing style is, can be a little, you know, she does her own thing, but if you can cut through it, Basically, you're starting to get in trouble. You're getting blacklisted. Every neighborhood you move in gets poorer and poorer. More sex offenders are around or the decent people move out and the creeps move in. Whatever jobs that you work out are fine and dandy and all of a sudden your coworkers, your boss are treating you like crap and they give you some sorry line while you're out. You'll be sometimes long periods without work. Unemployment will run out. You still have hopes that, you know, I'm going to have to move to this un hood just for a while and I'll get back on my feet but that dream never tends to come around but in the meantime they'll try to toss you know a boyfriend at you a hero mm -hmm. uh, sometimes they can make money when you're when they call it your apartment or your house is lined up that means cameras there's a lot of freaks that pay very good money I had a speaker Marnie McCasson talking about three to four dollars per minute you guys to watch you tinkle shower Go to sleep, say your prayers. There's just warriors that want to watch women in their natural habitat. Now they have another appetite if they can electronically tag you. We call them implants. I don't know how they do it, but they can send frequencies that can put us uh, in a very relaxed state. And a lot of women recall seeing an injection on their arm. They'll follow it through with something that will, you know, put you very much out. Women are sexually attacked. It's videotaped and sold on the dark web. That scene is called scum, okay? They are taking the bread and butter off of pornography. Do you know when a porn film is legitimately made, they have licenses, they have HIV tests, they have to uh, have a rental contract, but what you have is a home takeover for sexual deviancy to be videotaped. Marnie's case was a little bit different. They're, they're called pedigrees. That's for highly, highly attractive women. This is the scene that most of the Masons like to do. They work in a three-man team. The most attractive of the three will try to meet her. Remember, it's always the hero scene. She's blacklisted. He's an attractive guy, wines and dines her. While he's out whining and dining you, the other two are lining up your house where you live, following you. He'll make promises to try to get your kid out of social foster care. 
What he's doing is test driving you for close to a year. In most cities, it takes a woman sometimes almost a year to get reunited with her children. In the meantime, your house is lined up. He's an active sexual participant in the video. Again, anything you can think about, there's money to be made. If you're an obese woman, that's called salacious mayhem. That's another appetite that people pay for. That's if the woman is old, fat, disabled, deaf, blind. There's some that just want to see her sexually attacked. And also that goes into parameters of racial, highly racialized. So they're almost trying to recreate women of color into this Cecil DeMille type of film in which, I don't know, they're trying to, you know, relive birth of a nation where just, you know, if you're black, anybody can rape you. It's something just really out there. They're all in on it because there's money. Some women have proof of being sexually attacked, but they are also interconnected with the sex trafficking and medical mafia. That means when you go to your doctor, your rape kit will be compromised, if not processed. When they attack you, they put a numbing gel on your genitalia. You can't even feel anything, much less the trauma. If you're very neat in your apartment or home, it usually looks undisturbed, but look for things like in the weather gets cold, if your habitat is very, very cold, drafty, that means your door's been open a lot. Look at your bathtub. Is that wet? We all know when we go to sleep seven, eight hours, usually our bathtubs until we get up in the morning to go to work or whatever, is usually very dry. Some of these creeps will even use your toothbrush. Unopened drinks seem to be lower. They'll go and use, eat your food, drink your drinks. Some of them like to mock you. In public places, women have described various men laughing, bending over. That's an inside joke of scum that you're an up-the-butt girl. That means the guy's almost bumping into you at Walmart, but he's bending over and is behind in your face. Sometimes they'll say remarks, gangbang. You'll get sexual advances from everyone. You see, they tell men in the area, you're put on a circuit, you know, similar to a secret society, a video circuit. On the dark web, all we are is a bunch of mug shots, and I mean a bunch of them. So let me and anybody shopping can get what they want. As long as you're a breathing human being, there's something they can do. With okay, you guys, finish, finish up, please. There's others that would That's it. That's it. Thank you. I just wanted to ask a question. It's so they 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 have to install the cameras with permission of the uh, house owner, and uh, they they sell these various kinds of pornography to uh, to the dark web, and they get paid if they allow the cameras to be installed in their homes. Is that what you said, or? Well, they're illegally just just like they do our community. You're illegally surveilled. You know your house is lined up. You know, they illegally surveil us. Our houses line up. None of us consented to have cameras in us or followed or, you know, blacklisted. It's all without your consent. It's all highly illegal. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Renata. Thank you, John. Okay, thank you. Thank you, guys. <clears throat> okay, for those of you who just joined us, we're talking about a very, very sensitive topic today, which is human trafficking. Um, so I just want to give the disclaimer that if this is something that's going to trigger you, then please hang up and and call back. Uh, We're going to actually be talking about sex crimes for the next 
couple of weeks because it's a big topic, too much to put into one call. So we're just going to break it down um, with all the different types of sex crimes because it affects us. It affects us as, as TIs. It's more than just being followed and uh, not able to sleep and, you know, the direct energy stuff. But this other stuff that happens in the world, it affects us. And I'm the type, I am determined, I'm going to work everything out that I need to work out in my lifetime. Um, and so I thank you guys for listening to my story. That uh, was something that I don't think I've ever shared with anyone. Besides, I remember telling my mom, um, after it happened, when I run away and came back and everything, but I don't remember telling anybody other than my mom that story about me nearly being uh, forced into prostitution. And I just thank God so much for sparing me. To this day, I don't know who that man was who rescued me, um, but I thank him and I wish many blessings on his life. And um, and this is another chapter after I shared my story with you guys. This is another chapter I feel like I can close and I can move past. So I really thank you guys for listening and for your support. That's how safe I feel here with you guys, that I feel comfortable enough to share it. So I thank you guys for listening. Uh, okay. We have about 30 minutes or so. Hello? Okay, yeah, Renata, yeah, um, you know, the um, people before, okay, you know, brought up, um, the, um, okay, um, what's her name, Laura, what, whatever she, Lauren? she brought up, mm-hmm. Lauren, yeah, she brought up something, also I forgot to mention, is that, okay, when you um, talk about the um, subjects like this, all right, another subject, but as I, I think I said um, a few times before, as far as the TIs and everything, you also got to be aware of the backdrop of society, okay? And the discussion that um, that we have in the day, uh, the the it also coincides with what's going in the background now, where as far as entertainment, as far as TV and music and all that, I mean, it's more is more, what can I say, a straight off, you know, straight off there. <coughs> or how we say it in the streets, raw. is more raw than ever. And, um, and it is one, it's no wonder that young girls now, like in middle school and high school and all that, okay, um, of becoming a stripper, okay, is um, it's, it's something becoming more and more acceptable. Mm-hmm. You no, know? yeah, becoming more, yeah. So I mean, you got to examine the back, <coughs> the backdrop in society, and what um Lauren uh, laid out. Damn, how many years she said. She said some things that I, yo, I, I, yo, I didn't know about, and I got to look up and check out. Yeah. <coughs> and that's it. Anything else, Charles? No, that's it. <coughs> Thank you. <coughs> okay. All right, so we're talking about prostitution. I read some articles on prostitution. 
I read um, something from a pimp who says how he recruits the girls, um, read what sex trafficking is. Uh, it is a form of slavery. Um, many people are forced into it. Um, the pimps look for uh, people who are vulnerable, who have some sort of something missing in their life, the daddy figure, um, no one ever said I love you. Maybe they came from foster care, from broken homes, from drug-addicted families. They're looking for love. The pimp sells them a dream. That's what the pimp said in the article, that he sells them a dream. Um, I also shared my own story of nearly being um, uh, forced into prostitution. I shared my story, which is something I had never done. So I appreciate you guys for um, for listening and being supportive. Okay. Hello. Abara. Yes. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Hi. Hi. I just wanted to say to thank you for your story. That was beautiful. And not just that, I wanted to thank you for the subject period for having this uh, call on this subject, too, because we do need to hear more about these things. And uh, I just wanted to say that. Thank you're you for welcome. that. You're very welcome, Elvira. Um, And I have been asking everyone, do you know, and, and this is just a simple yes or no, you don't have to go into anything you don't want to talk about, um, do you know anyone that has been a victim of this? Because I believe that most of us do. This has touched our lives in some kind of way. And I shared how it touched my life, um, not to mention I have several family members who, one, I know for a fact, <laughs> is involved in human trafficking, and uh, the other uh, I suspect. So do you know anyone who has been victims of this? Elvira? Um, yes. You do? I, I, I have been a victim of uh, this, uh, well, not prostitution stuff, but I'm, I have uh, three babies, you know, from rape, you know, the rape part of it. Well, we're going to talk about that next week. We're going to talk about all kind of forms of um, of uh, sex crimes. And so we're going to get yeah. to rape next week. Okay. And if you're comfortable sharing, you, you, you feel free to share, but if you're not, you don't have to. That'll be yeah. next week, okay? Thank you. Okay, I hope thank I'm you. alive. <laughs> you will be. Okay, so. put you on hold. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Um, Cindy, I know that you've been holding. I'm going to unmute you every week. I say I'm not going to unmute you because you go bad on me for some reason. Uh, <laughs> you keep going bad on me, and I don't know why, but I'm not going to take your abuse. So I want to say that while you are on mute, um, just, just weigh in on the topic, okay? I, I don't like to um, censor anyone. I like people who want to talk, to go ahead and talk, but don't bring the negative elements. I keep saying I'm not going to let Cindy talk anymore because Cindy keeps going bad on me and saying bad things about me in the chat room for no reason, but I'm 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 going to go ahead and let you speak again. Just, just behave because this is a very, very serious topic, and we don't need any negative elements. This is – I've opened myself up. I feel vulnerable right now, okay? So I definitely – don't want to be triggered. All right. 
Hello. Cindy. Hello. Hi. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know, if I have ever done anything wrong, I am a big enough person to, you know, apologize, you know, but people sometimes test me, you know, and nobody wants to be done that way, sister, you know, nobody. Okay, well, I, I did not test you when you said all the oh, no, no, no. things about me in the chat room because I... Anyway, we won't go into that, but I've done nothing to test you, so please don't let me. I know you. For the most part, for the most part, you have not. It's just it seems to be a jump on Cindy session, some places on this talk show, and nobody they don't really know me. I I really wake up in a good mood, Miss Renata, every day. Okay, just about the Lord. I'm not arguing. I'm not arguing. I'm just stating my positivity. Okay, hold on. I want to say something. This call, 114-616, this has nothing to do with the other calls, okay? So what happens on those other calls, please keep them over there. I understand what you're saying about you being attacked. As far as I know, it's not happening over here because I go back and I read the chat and I see, I kind of see where it starts. Um, but if you do feel attacked over here, bring it to my attention and I will address it, okay? But as far I as appreciate you, that because I have. On. I have been in here hold just on, to enjoy the. Hold on one second. But as far as you personally attacking me, which has happened more than once, and I have text messages to prove it, um, I'm I'm not putting up with it. Okay, I'm just I'm just not. I'm I'm trying to work some things out in my own life. I'm not putting up with the abuse. And I'm gonna tell you another thing. I'm not putting up with. I'm not putting up with the people who want to call me a perp, but then they want to call and talk to me. I'm not having it. I will not allow anyone to use me. Or abuse me. If if anybody thinks I'm a perp, you have a right to think that I'm a perp. That is your prerogative. You can think I'm a perp. That's fine. But don't turn around and then call me and want to chit chat. Not going down. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not dealing with any any forms of abuse anymore from anyone. I'm just not. Okay. So where'd you go, Cindy? Sorry. Right. Let me unmute you. I just could not get my words in, so I muted you. Okay, call back, Cindy, and you will be able to speak if you would like to. I just couldn't get my words in, so I'll put you on uh, on mute. But you can call back. Okay, star eight if you'd like to speak. Hello? Hello? Hi, how are you, DC? Hi, um, I'm okay. I'm hanging in there. Good, good. Um, I almost forgot about the call completely, and um. And I looked, and it was five, and I was thinking, okay, let me call and see if they're still on or not. Um, yeah, we changed the time. I'm glad you brought that up. We changed the time uh, temporarily. So we st- we used to start at 3 Eastern, 12 Pacific. Now it's 30 minutes later, <clears throat> just because I have some things I have to do in the morning on Sundays now. So now we're starting at 3.30 Eastern, uh, 12.30 Pacific. Okay, go right ahead. You want to weigh in on the topic of prostitution? Yeah, so basically, I had mentioned last week about, um, and you said, I guess, you're going to talk about rape next week, so that's fine. But I had talked about me being raped and physically raped, not not remotely as far as you're I'm You're right. Um, we were supposed to do rape this week, but rape will be next week, okay? We, I decided yeah. to break it all down into sex crime, so rape is going to be next, okay? That'll okay, be next so, sure, that's fine. Um but this is huge right here for me. Like, this is, uh, this just absolutely blew my mind, basically, as I figured this out. But 
Um, my ex-boyfriend had come back into my life after, like, several years. And so I had been dealing with him, and we broke up and everything back in 2004. And the targeting and everything was taking place way back then, but, you know, I had no clue. I was totally unaware of it. And so, you know, he and I had met, and um, I don't think he was in on it from the beginning, but, like, shortly after we started dealing with each other and, you know, when we became close, um, like, he just up and quit his job all of a sudden. And so, and it didn't make sense <laughs> back to me then. I'm like, why would anybody just up and quit their job? Well, anyway, um, all these years later, I found out that, yes, uh, he was kind of acting as a perp even way back then. And so essentially, you know, I guess they propositioned him to, you know, carry out different things in my life, you know, to say different things and do different things and, you know, be paid for it. Well, fast forward, um, he contacted me last year. Uh he had been trying to contact me for months, so it, he had started trying to contact me in April. And um, I didn't—I I did see this one like a friend request, a Facebook friend request, and um, but the name wasn't familiar. So like he—he he had just a Facebook name, but the name wasn't familiar. So I just deleted it because I get fake. They send me fake friend requests and stuff all the time, and so um, I just kind of ignored that, deleted it. Well, one night. I get up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, and all these messages come rushing in. And so um, this is in July. And so we, we started talking again in July. Well, anyway, um, we, we started seeing each other, hanging out, you know, all this stuff, whatever again. And this is even in the midst of this targeting. You know, he, he comes to me as if, oh, you know, whatever it is you're going through, I want to help you through it. You know, he, he was talking about getting married and just everything else. I mean, it's totally unreal. Well, everything you want to hear. Hmm? That's everything a woman would want to hear. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I mean, but it like I know that he does. I know that like deep down inside, I do know that he cares for me. But um, it's amazing how they will like kind of force these people and twist their arms, you know, to say and do different things, and you know, compensate them as well with with money and with savings. Well, anyway, I think that what happened as far as this sex trafficking piece. Um, and him eventually being sodomized, and um, he has been, you know, I really, really, I honestly believe they're using him as a sex slave and or prostitute, and and the reason I say that. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on, DC. You think that he's the sex slave? Yes. Oh, wow. Sorry to hear Um, that. He's not the only one, though. There's, There's several men in my circle, and so... As more and more transpired, as more and more unfolded, I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Like, it hit me like a ton of bricks that, oh, my gosh, people in my family have been involved in this, you know, men in my family. Because um, another part of it is also this psychological trauma that they're causing women. So, you know, they, they have the research. Like, it's just all tied in together. You have the rape because they're sodomizing these men. Um, they, and when I say sex slave or prostitute and or prostitute, it's because sometimes I believe they're being paid. Like, I think that, I think that all of his interactions and different things with me or whatever, I think he was being compensated for it because the government has an agenda as far as I'm concerned. So I feel like with me, he's been, you know, they've been compensating him. 
But at other times, though, I think they have been flat out using him as a sex slave because there have been times where this man has contacted me, you know, like he's just uh, abandoned somewhere. You know, he needs me to come and pick him up. You know, could you come and pick me up from here or there or blah, blah, blah. So, like, he has, during these times, he has no money. There are times that he's gone days without eating, stuff like that. And, like, for one, that, that breaks my heart because, I, I care about him, and it's it's sad that, yes, you have used and abused me. And I mean, it's everybody in my family, though, you know. I mean, it's everybody in my circle, pretty much. So I had a lot of people, you know, that have been trying to turn me against him. And I'm like, but do you not realize that all of you have played a role in this? I'm like, he is no different than any of you. You know, I'm like, I have loved all of you. I have looked out for all of you. I have sacrificed for all of you. And, you know, I've been genuine and been authentic with them. You know, it's them who have been playing the mind games, you know, lying and playing the mind games and carrying whatever out against me. Now, the way that I first discovered he was sodomized, and this is right around the time, I found out just before you did that movie review for, uh, what's the movie? Get Out. And so anyway, um... It's it's really crazy, but I picked him up one day. Well, we were supposed to be meeting one day, and we were supposed to be meeting at a certain time. And so he called me, and he was just all worked up, and he was real anxious and stuff to meet me much sooner. And so I'm thinking to myself, well, what's going on? You know, I'm wondering what is the urgency, what's going on, da, da, da. And because I knew we were meeting at a certain time, like, I had already, you know, I was just taking care of errands and stuff like that. So I was out running errands and everything. I had washed my car, and I was, like, vacuuming my car out and different things like that. Well, anyway, yeah, I didn't know what the urgency was that now you want me to drop everything and come meet you now. Okay. So I go to pick him up. He wanted me to take him home so that he could shower and change clothes and stuff. And I'm like, okay. Well, he was just jumpy, period. And so when we met up again, I, you know, I'd, like, dropped him off to go home, take a shower and do all that or whatever. When we met up again, he was just jumpy the rest of that night. And there was different things that he said and did and um, that all of it had me on edge. But when I picked him up, it was this odor in the car. So, so that's what caught my attention. It was this odor. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. And it's, it's, it was just an awful odor. And whatever. The thing is, when I dropped him off, I was thinking about it, and I'm like, what in the world was that? And um, I recalled that same odor with my father, and this is years ago. This is years back. So on two separate occasions where I had been around my father, it was that exact same odor. So it was one time with my father in my car, and when he got out of the car, the, the odor was lingering and everything. So much so, and I mean, excuse me, but this is what I did because I was in disbelief. I kneeled down to, to sniff the seat, like, to make sure I was smelling what I was smelling. And I'm just like, what in the world? Okay? And then a different time, my father was at my house, and it was that same odor. He, he left. It was this lingering odor left behind on the sofa. And I'm just like, what in the world? So when I smelled this odor with my ex, and um, and I'm just like, I've smelled something like this before. And I remember it was my father. I was thinking, oh, my God. 
I said, I think they have sodomized this man. And so not just me smelling the odor and everything and even me recalling the instances with my father, but also, like I said, just how jumpy he was. And he, he just was really touchy. He, he was touchy about stuff you've never been touchy about before. But I'm not gay. I'm not gay. What you trying to say? I'm gay, da-da-da. That, that whole gay thing kept coming up. And I'm like, I didn't even call you gay. I'm like, what are you talking about? And and you, he was just way too defensive about it. And um, so it was a number of things. But at any rate, I brought it to his attention that that's what I thought, that's what I believed or whatever. You know, we ended up having some discussion about it or whatever. But basically, he's never denied it. <laughs> so anytime that, like, I've commented about it or whatever the case may be, he has never, ever denied it. And then after I saw Get Out, and just all this other stuff that's taking place behind the scenes that I, you know, would not have necessarily known or even thought about before. I felt so convicted. I said, oh, my gosh. Now, the thing is, because of the nature of this and because of the whole trauma-based thing, you know, they, they do have these guys lying and playing mind games with these women and, like, carrying out all kinds of stuff. So it's plenty of times that he had said things and done things to hurt me. And, I mean, not just, like, it's not just your average, oh, you can brush it off or whatever the case may be. I mean, like, to try and, <laughs> like, you're going for the juggler. And so I have thrown the sodomy thing up in his face, which, you know, I've later regretted. But it was kind of like, you know, you hurt me so bad. And at that moment, I, I just said this, you know, to hurt you in return. Well, anyway, um, after I saw Get Out, I just felt so convicted. Like, I felt so bad. Like, my heart was just real heavy the whole night. I was like, oh, my gosh, I have got to see him right now. I've got to talk to him. You know, I've got to apologize, you know, face-to-face and this and that or whatever. And so I did, and he was upset with me, and he didn't want to talk and all that. So he was getting off work, and he didn't want to talk, and he didn't want to get in the car and all this kind of stuff or whatever. But I eventually, I mean, you know, I would just let him know, I just, I want, I just want to apologize to you, like, I was trying to just break it down to him that this is completely heartfelt. I mean, no ill will. And so he finally listened. And so I apologized about the whole sodomy thing, about, you know, uh, throwing it in his face like I did or whatever else. And all he did, like he did not um, open his mouth. He just broke down in tears. And I felt so bad. I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, I cannot believe they are doing this to people. Now, on top of everything else, I have seen terror in his eyes. Him, um, another ex-boyfriend of mine, my cousin, like my first cousin that I have been really close with over the years, and, and they all have betrayed me. But um, the, I, I believe they all have been through this, and I believe that they all have been used as sex slaves, and I believe they all have carried out this psychological trauma towards women. My cousin, in fact, like the last three, four women that he dealt with, he has traumatized these women so bad, put them down, belittled them, you know, et cetera, et cetera. The last, like, three or four women that he's been with have actually had plastic surgery. Um, wow. Wow have also ended up in, um, you know, like going to therapy. You know, one of them was in the psych ward for suicidal thoughts. I mean, all kinds of stuff. And I'm telling you, so it's so much more to it. Like, it's just not even, like, they these people are just evil. 
these people carrying this crap out, like the folks behind the scenes who are pulling all the strings and making all this stuff happen, they are absolutely evil because I'm just looking at, you know, you are literally like you're tearing up families, communities. Like, it's just, I mean, let me tell you this. This is the craziest part. I posted about this recently on Twitter. I posted about the thing with my ex about men in my circle being sodomized, being used as sex slaves and or prostitutes. You know, three days later, they proposed a bill in D.C. to make prostitution legal? Three days yeah. after my post. Man. This, this is how seriously, because I know for a fact my ex, I know for a fact that you all want to, you, you want him doing what he does. Like, they've coached him and trained him for years now, from, from my knowledge. It's been years now that he's been doing this. And this is one of the reasons that I think when he did look me up and find me and everything, I think you did. You you were ready to, let's just get married. You know, I think maybe that was his out to be able to kind of get out of this, I believe. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I, I don't know for a fact, but I believe that was the plan. And so my whole thing was, you know, you're just walking back into my life out of nowhere. And after everything that we went through the first time around or whatever, I, my whole thing was I feel like we need to take our time, <laughs> you know. I'm like, you you don't just up and marry someone just overnight and, you know, this and that or whatever. But anyway, it, it has been a nightmare. The whole ordeal, we were dealing with each other like maybe almost a year, like up until June of this year. And I got my number changed and stuff. But anyway, um, he, he right now to this day, he is still in the midst of this. And, and I mean, it, it's amazing, <laughs> like I said, that what they have them carrying out because it's, it's not just the physical side of it and the sex trafficking because they are being used as slaves. Like, they really are. Like, they are dictating to them what to say and do. And <laughs> it's crazy. It's, it's really sad. Like, I feel... I mean, it's sad because you, you, in his situation or in these men, in their situation, you signed up for it. I mean, you know, you didn't know you were signing up for this per se, but you signed up to target me. And, and this was like the backlash, <laughs> you know. I'm mm-hmm. like anyone, like they have no good intentions by any of us. They have no good intentions by us. So whether you're a T.I., whether you're a perp, or whether you're somewhere in between, they don't have any good intentions for any of us. And, and I'm like, the big picture is that this is all demonic. They are recruiting to advance Satan's kingdom. That That's the bottom line. And so when you sign up, you don't know what you're signing up for. And they will ask, I don't care what they promise you. I don't care what they give you, what they offer you, what they, any of that. <laughs> um, You are like, <laughs> you're selling your soul, basically. You are signing over your soul. That's what you're doing. When you sign up to be a part of this, you're signing over your soul, and they don't care. So I think that one of the reasons that he was sodomized, and maybe that was just would eventually be a part of their plan anyway, because like I said, it's happened with other family members. But I think that it probably came to the point where they were asking him to do, you know, stuff to me that he didn't want to do. And I think that's probably where the sodomy came into play. And so, because um, in different ways, even though he was acting as a perp in my life, it's kind of like you're, you're trying to hurt me, but not too bad. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're, you're trying to hurt me because you have to, but then you're trying to, like, give me a pill out and I ain't doing, for instance, different times where, because uh, I, I deal with contamination daily. Like, my food and stuff is being contaminated daily. So it's a couple of times where we've gone to get food, and he kind of clued me in. He he gave me some type of warning not to eat it. So, so oh. and it's sad. It's sad. You know what I'm saying? Like, all of this is sad. And so he did clue me in on certain things or whatever, and I feel like um he, he probably paid for that later. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's no telling what they did. It's no telling what they did to him for for trying to, you know, attempting to help me at all. And, and I know that is true for many other people in my circle. Like, like, yeah, they did sign up. You know, they said it to you like, oh, it's real sweet. You only have to do X, Y, Z, and blah, blah, blah. You know, we're asking you to do this and do that and da, da, da. So they probably make it sound too good to be true. We're just asking you to do this, and here's all that we're going to do for you. But then they're going to come back and ask you to do more and more and more and more. Whatever whatever their agenda is at that given time, they will come back and, and say, oh, you, you know, you've already taken this initial bribe. So now we need you to do this, that, any other. Right. Okay, wrap it up, DC. Um, we have a few minutes left before the call ends. Yeah, I mean that's it. It's it's just really sad. I'm I'm sad to even like find out that that's happening to the men in my family. I'm sad that they ever, like I said, decided to sign up for this nonsense. And for me, I'm concerned. I'm like, do they ever get to get out? And like, I want you to get to go to heaven. That's my big thing. My big thing is that. I want you to get to go to heaven at the end of the day, you know, and I don't don't even know how that plays out. I don't know how God views any of this, but I I figure God says he will give us a way of escape, and I keep even stressing this to my ex, but I think he's scared. Like, they literally have these men terrified. Um, yeah. but I and this man, this man is a whole nother shame that comes with it because they oh, are. Oh, yeah, I know. I can only imagine. Yeah, I know. But, yeah, okay, that's what I wanted to say. It's, it's, thank you so much for sharing. Okay. Okay, thank you. Okay, uh, we're talking about a very sensitive subject today, which is sex trafficking. If it is too sensitive for you and will trigger you, then please call in on another call. For the next couple of weeks, we will be talking about sex crimes, okay, which would be prostitution, sex trafficking, um, molestation, and things like that, okay? This is something that I've really been wanting to talk about for years because I have my own stories um, in these areas, which I did share one of those stories that I have never shared before um, to anyone outside of my family. So, um, that's what we're going to be talking about for the next couple of weeks. So, if it is something that may possibly trigger you, then um, please don't sit in on these calls because it it is not my intention for anyone to be triggered. And I know that it really can trigger some negative emotions because I've gone through that myself. So that's what we're talking about today. And we have about 10 minutes left. So I'll take these next two calls. Hello. Hello. Hi. How are you, Renata? I'm good. How are you? Long time no hear from. How you doing? <laughs> oh, I'm hanging in there. Definitely good. trying to hang in there. Um, I just wanted to say the whole 
program is based on sexual exploitation as far as the TIs go, and yeah. and it's based on sexual deviance, and um, a lot of it is, is rooted in that, and the TIs haven't signed up for that. You know, they didn't personally sign up to be exploited in that way, but yet mm-hmm. they are being exploited in that way, and I believe that they're making a lot of money um, as uh, Lauren stated, I believe they're making a lot of money because you have a lot of sick, perverted people in this world, and a lot of them are just getting off on the fact that they can literally watch people in the privacy of their bathroom. It might even be about that it's a hot girl because, you know, I've been a good-looking girl at one time, but now I'm overweight, so I don't even think it's about me. But I think some people are into it just because of the fascination and the perversion of just literally being able to watch people on the toilet and to be able to watch people get in and out their showers and just live their life, period. It's just such a fascination because these people have no control. They can't go to their webcam, you know, if it was up to them. They can't go to their webcam and cut it off. Um, It's out of their control, and it's being done without their consent. And the other thing is, as a TI, um, I was going to ask your opinion because a lot of TIs are extremely desperate. And I think, as we, some have already touched as well as yourself, the TI um, community, a lot of people are desperate because they have part of the program is blacklisting. Um, mm-hmm. And blacklisting leads to poverty, um, extreme poverty. And yeah. um, so out of desperation, I think the program is also intended to push a lot of people into this prostitution arena because it's true. anybody can sell sex just about, you know. Of course, the hot chicks may make more money. You know, the the long-haired, blonde, blue-eyed, 100-pound girl may make more money, but anybody can sell themselves for sex, anybody. Because men are pigs, you know, they're going to buy. Like I say, the hot chick might have a better variety of men, maybe. <laughs> but mm-hmm. any woman and man as well can sell their sex. Some, you know, so I think a lot of TI people are getting pushed into that and I just wanted to know what are your thoughts on that because, you know, coming from a spiritual side, um and I know, you know, you 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 identify with the with Christianity, I believe. Um, you know, we have our beliefs as far as sex goes and, uh, you know, with fornication, adultery, all those kind of things. Um, But when somebody is so desperate for money and they have, they don't see any other way to make money other than sex, which is a very desperate time to be in your life. Um, what, what, What is your thoughts? Just, I mean, just out of curiosity. What are my thoughts on what specifically? Um, a person being, especially somebody that's a TI, that, that's being blacklisted, so they're not allowed to work, mm-hmm. and they're being pushed into extreme poverty, and they don't right. have any, you know, some people are lucky they may have people that can help them, and then, you know, eventually people don't want to help anymore. I mean, it gets old. Um, yeah. So I was just wondering, you know, especially coming from, 
like I said, a Christianity standpoint, um, I don't, I don't know. I, because at at one point, I don't, I look at it like I, I wouldn't. If somebody was in that particular situation, I certainly don't want to judge them because I know that they're only doing it out of desperation. But at the same time, you know, it's a tough thing to, you know, to deal with when, you know, what are they left to do other than panhandle, which most people can't do legally anymore. Um, Right. So it's you can't even really beg on, on legally, you know, you know, out in the streets. You can't really do that anymore until you know they'll run you off. So I don't know. It's 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 a tough it's it's a tough arena. It is tough, and and many TIs do feel forced into um, trading sex for money. I will never promote that. Um, one of the things that I learned from doing my quick research on on the um, whole topic of prostitution is to not judge because uh, we really don't know people's situations. Some people feel forced into it. Um, some people are manipulated into it, and some people do it as a means of survival. Um, two things come to mind. I saw something online where this lady um, said that, uh, R. Kelly, the singer. I don't know if you guys saw that online, but she said that she engaged in prostitution with him uh, recently and that he promised her, I think, $2,000. She met him at a hotel. His whole staff was at this hotel, and uh, her sons noticed him. And he, he was playing a game of basketball with her son, her teenage sons, and um, that's how she began to talk to him. She said that she and her sons were staying at the hotel because uh, she her house had just burned up, and she didn't have anything. And she engaged in this conversation with R. Kelly, and then he propositioned her, and she went to his um, to his van, and she did what she had to do, or to his SUV, and she did what she had to do. And in the end, he didn't pay her. And um, uh, and it turns out she ended up because she said that he had this foul odor, this very foul odor, which I could definitely believe that with him. And a couple of weeks later, she said that she has chlamydia in her mouth. Okay, from engaging in sex with him. Oh, I hadn't uh, heard about that, Renata. Oh God. Yeah, yeah. Look, look it up online. Um, and uh, but I said all that to say, uh, the person who was interviewing her, her name is Tasha Kay, and she she asked her. She said, "Had you ever engaged in prostitution?" She said, "Never. I've never done that." She said, but she felt desperate yeah. because she had had this fire. She has these teenage boys. You know, it's not something that she's proud of, but she did it. You know what I'm saying? And and he didn't pay her, but she did it. Um, so you never know. I mean, we can easily say never. We can easily yeah. say never. I would never yeah. do that. You know what I'm I, saying? I know, and that's what I was thinking. I was like, you know, um, you know, I, I was thinking the same thing because I was like, you know, when you are a child or something, you never think – oh, I'm never going to sell my body, you know, like, that's disgusting, you know, I'm not going to sell my body to these old nasty men, you know, and it's just disgusting every time you think about it. And then when you get in a situation like this, it's almost like I could see how women could, that would have never in their life, like, ever, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I can, you know, and so it, 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 like, where maybe 10 years ago I would have been the first person to say, oh, that's so nasty, or, ooh, she grows, 
you know, not thinking, not even thinking about it, and then you get in this situation, and they and they make a person so destitute, so destitute. Well, so I can desperate. see, I can see also how a TI has to be very careful about that because I could see how they would set, they could set you up. Well, I was to, thinking uh, that too. Yeah, you yes. know, they can they can set you up to bust you for prostitution, and now you have that on your record. You know what I'm saying? That's what I was thinking too. Right. I, I I thought the same thing. I said, I said, yeah. I said well, I said, you know what? Because some some people were talking about the sexual exploitation and how some TIs are forced into prostitution. I'm like, ooh, that's a that's a that's a that's a nasty arena for a lot of reasons, but it's even nastier for a TI because number one, they're watching everything you do. Yes. Yeah. All of your phone calls, they're reading your emails. You don't have privacy. You can't secretly get a John, you know. Right. You're, you don't have that luxury. At least some of these people, they eventually may get caught, but they they may have some, they might can buy some time. TIs, you don't get to buy any time. They're, they're going with you to your, uh, if you got some Johns, they're going to be right there with you, okay. They're going to be um, in the midst of the, of the of everything, the phone call and everything. So you don't have that advantage, number one. And so, yes, you're leaving yourself wide open because nine times out of ten, what are they going to do? They might give you a few, but sooner or later, mm-hmm. what are they going to do? They're going to send an undercover. Yep. They're going to yep. send an undercover. They're going to have yep. an undercover. And call you got you that on your record. Yep, mm-hmm. and they're going to say, as soon as you, uh, 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 you know, perform or, or get ready to perform an act for money, they're going to say, oh, here's my badge. You're busted, buddy. And, and, if, you, you and if you want if you want out of that, then they'll turn you into a perk or have you working for them. Yeah, or, and then they'll say, exactly, then you got to do the do dirty work for them so they won't put the charge on you. Or, yeah, so it, it's like, so, you know, as desperate as some TIs get, I can see that not even being an out for a TI because, number one, they're going to bust you for it or they're going to either send somebody with a disease, Yeah. you know, I've heard of a couple of I've heard of a couple of TI women who are into prostitution and and I would pray for them um, because it's, they're just being exploited. I did tell uh, a story. I don't know if you were here at the beginning of the call about a TI, and I won't give too many details. Um, yeah. But but this person ended up in a situation where she owed a whole lot of money, like more than she can imagine ever paying. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then she. Um, and she has a, a honest a honest job, um, but then she got an attorney because she was like, I, I, how am I going to get out of this? How am I going to pay this? So she got an attorney. The attorney began to introduce her to people, um, and um, and then she met this guy, this quote unquote boyfriend who turns out to be a pimp, and says, Hey, I know how you can pay this off, <laughs> you know. And so yeah, she comes with the answer. Yeah, so she began to prostitute, and the attorney was involved in it because the attorney kept saying, you owe more money because I've spent more time on this case. And it was like a never-ending cycle where she could never pay off these attorney fees in this other situation that she got herself into. So she figured, my hands are tied. I'm going to have to do it so I can pay this attorney off. And every time she comes back, he says, you owe me more money. You owe me more money. You owe me more money. You know, and so she began a life of prostitution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see somebody getting forced into it that way as well. I mean, yeah. I, I believe there's a lot of people forced into it a lot of different ways, and I could definitely see that being a scenario 
for a lot of the women that are out here doing it, and it's not something they would do, and they would have never even thought about doing in their wildest dreams probably, but out right. of desperation, it, it's literally a desperation thing. And most all prostitutes are doing it for desperation. I don't think there's many that are out there just literally loving being a prostitute. It, 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 no. it's, I would say 95%, probably even higher than that, I mean, think about the think about the TIs who live in their cars. I do know some. Think about the ones who live on the street, you know, and 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 they never have money to take care of themselves. I can see yeah. them getting involved in in sexual acts for money. Yeah, yeah, I can see I mean, that. You know, it's very unfortunate, but it happens. It's a reality in this community. Right, and that's the reason I said my. It's amazing how you have to go through certain things in life to change your judgment about stuff. You know, that's and that's to me that's kind of sad because I mean that's really sad. I think, but it's just being real. It's because you know where maybe ten years ago certain scenarios you could have told me and I would have never understood. I could have never empathized. You know, I'd have been like, that's just disgusting. There's no point in showing your body. You know, there's no point in sleeping with nasty strangers just to make a dollar. But mm. you get in a you get in a situation like this where they have blacklisted you purposely so that you would do something like this. They blacklisted yep. you. They made sure you can't flip a burger, and you're desperate. Your belly's hungry. You need something bad. And, and, and if it's a person who has children that they need to feed, I could tell you this with with all certainty. Um, and I pray I never have to do it because, as I shared my story, it almost did happen to me when I was very, very young, like 14 years old. Yeah, but, I heard it. Yeah. Uh, but if I ever had to do that in life, and I pray to God I'd never do because I think it's disgusting. Yeah. Um, but I can tell you what, I'm not giving no man my money. That ain't happening. <laughs> you ain't there will, be, there, there will be no pimp involved. 100% profit. <laughs> yeah. I agree. If 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 you if you had to resort to it, I agree. I think you should cut the middleman out. I think some women may do it for safety reasons. They feel like they could be, you know, because there's a middleman involved. Maybe maybe the John won't hurt her. You know what I mean? They feel like you know that pimp might kick his butt. So well, uh, but he's kicking her butt too, and he's taking all her money. Yeah, I agree. Though I think if I I I think you need to cut the cut the middleman out. You know, I, I don't agree. I just do want to make it clear that I do not agree with prostitution. I'm saying no, I don't either. Like, like, I, like I hate and I are saying that mm-hmm. you know some people resort to it out of desperation, and it you know we can say never, I've never ever ever do that, and that's how I feel. But then you never know. You never yeah. know, especially the way in this world, the way that this world is going, and they're going to this microchip agenda. And people are not going to, uh, um, money is not, I'm going to be doing a video on this real soon, but uh, money is going away. Money is going away. It's going to be all about the microchip. So if you don't believe in the microchip, you don't know what you're going to end up doing to survive. Yeah, that's right. That's the truth where money is not even going to be a thing anymore. Everything's going to be, because they're they're little by little switching to a digital world here. And everything's going to be digital and this paper money is going to be uh, a thing of the past. Everything's going to be digitalized. So you may, some people may find themselves doing the barter system. Well, I can do this for that instead of, right. you know, because now I can't do anything with paper money. So it, it will go to a barter system for a lot of people, you know, which 
a bar system isn't bad, but not when it comes down to, like, desperation. I'm doing things out of desperation kind of barter system. That's not cool, you know. So so this is, yeah, this is an interesting topic because, you know, I had to give it a lot of thought, you know, um, things that I would have never dreamed in my life. I'm like, oh, my God, I could imagine, you know, because this program is, is, um, it's, it's a beast. And um, I said, wow, like. I mean, when you're sitting up there hungry, your lights is off, you're about to get evicted, Mm -hmm. you know, your phone's not ringing, you can't feed your children, you know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, because right now I can't, I'm not allowed to even get food stamps. And so, you know, I'm I'm in a, and um, and I, and I, and they won't even give me a hearing. They're they're ignoring me on that. Um, But, um. They are not allowing me to get food stamps, and now I'm I'm being attacked so bad that when I wake up, it looks like somebody's beating me down. And I told the lady, uh, the the caseworker, I said, "Ma'am, I don't know how I'm going to work." I said, "Number one, I'm dealing with workplace mobbing, but not only that, the physical side of me." I said, "I wake up looking like my boyfriend's beat the crap out of me through the night. Who wants to go to a job looking like that? It's embarrassing." It's humiliating to go to work looking like you've been beat up. And I'm posting pictures every single day because they're hitting me every single time I go to sleep. I wake up with these horrible bruises all over my face. And 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 so I told her, I said, I can't work like that. Do you imagine how much emotional distress this is causing me? I said, I cannot work like that. And she said, well, I don't know what you can do. If you can get a doctor to say that you're, I said, ah, I'm not going down that road, rabbit hole. Number one, they'll try to give me a mental condition, and that's about the only thing, if they even give me anything. But if they do, they're going to still, it's going to play in their court. They're going to say, oh, well, we can say you got some some serious um, depression and all this kind of stuff, and, you know, and we, you know, once that's on your file, that's, just bad. So, um, so yeah, it's to the point now, and I, you know, I've, you know, I've had some people help me with food and things like that. But I'm like, this is bad, you know. Well, see that that the whole prostitution thing, going back to that, that's a never-ending cycle because the TI situation is it appears to be permanent at this time. Um, so you're always going to need your bills paid. You're always going to need food. You're always, you know what I'm saying? So that means mm-hmm. the, the prostitution piece of it continues and continues and continues. Yeah, you never. Know, that's, that's, that's not a profession that anybody should enter into. We have got to think of other solutions. Um, I know what you mean about going to work looking a mess because I do that. <laughs> yeah, I can't. Makeup won't even fix it up, like I said. Because it used to be like, okay, well, can I just fix it up? But I don't know with these kind of bruises, I guess because they're not natural bruises. You know, because yeah. a lot of times women could cover up, like when their boyfriend beat them up or hit them in the eye, and they could put on a, a foundation to cover up. But when I put on the foundation, it just comes right it does not hide anything. It just looks a mess. Well, well, number one, you may need to try a different, a couple different brands. But the other thing is, I just go to work just like that. I just do. I'm like, here I am. This is me, and this is it. I mean, I just, I just, I have, 
I'm so over the stuff these people do. I, I wish I could tell you. I have stuff. I just call them unidentifiables. All in my face. Never had this kind of stuff. I have one right now. The minute it goes away, it comes right back. I don't know what it is. I just, I just go in there just like that. I just do it. I just don't care. You know, I just don't care because I, I need to make a living. Um, I'm not into makeup, really. I mean, I wear lipstick. Yeah, I'm not makeup. either. I never really yeah. wore it, you know, much. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, occasionally. Don't let it stop you from working to take care of yourself if you can find a job. Well, they no. they blacklisted me to the point I can't. Well, don't say that. Don't say that because I'm telling you, God looks out for his. Um, he's looked out for me, and he's no respecter oh, yeah. person. So he'll he, do the same for he you. He does. He does. But like I told somebody, you've got to really pick your poison with this because, you know, some people um, are, you know, everybody's not the same, and some people have been dealing with this for years. And they're yeah. at a breaking point. And if they go on a job and these people start up, somebody's neck's going to get broke. And so I just I tell people this, you do what's best for you. I, I would encourage anybody, yes, to work if you can, absolutely. But if you know you're at a breaking point and you know every single time you go to a job they're waiting for you and you know that you're at a close snapping point, and you go into a job and you mess around and you snap, because I don't care how Christian you are. Well, here's the thing after about dealing that. with this for years, it can it yeah. it can. You go on a job and you mess around and snap somebody's neck, they got you right. Where okay, they but here's you. the thing. Here's the thing, and then I have to go because I have to uh, get my daughter to work. But here's okay. the thing about the snapping thing. Whether we're at work or it doesn't matter whether we're at home or it, it doesn't matter where. We need to get ourselves out of that mindset. We need to take care, and I know it's hard. I'm not saying that it's not, but we need to take care of ourselves so that we're not triggered easily and so that we don't snap on anyone, whether it's the workplace, a home, or at the grocery store, or wherever. We need to not walk around in that state of mind because they will definitely do things to trigger you to get you to snap, whether you're at work or not. As far as the yes. attacks at work, I walk into attacks every single day at work. I've right. had to, I've had to work on strengthening me. The change happens within us. I cannot get these people to change, no matter what I do. So I can't control them. I can control me. So I've had to work on me. You know what I'm saying? So that they're not controlling me, where I'm not making a living for myself because I need a salary. And so. Um, we have got to work on not being that ticking time bomb because that's where they want us to be. And that, that goes for whether you work or you don't work because you can snap somewhere else. You don't have to be at work to snap. Oh, because they're always out to trigger you, I mean, no matter what. If you go to the grocery store, they got the cash register or they got some perps going through the store. I mean, so, yeah, they're all it's, – it's not just at jobs, but I know from personally, I've been dealing with this for years, I know that it's I can handle it better in public than I can on a job because a job is a certain it's a different kind of environment mm-hmm. um, where in public I can I can pretty much ignore them every blue moon I might have to say something but ninety percent of the time I can ignore most of the targeting in public. There's a small percentage of time where they do something and it's just like okay I've got to put them in their place. They just have really went too far here. But most of the time I ignore them. But when you're on a job, it's 
kind of a different type of arena um, there, and I, I hear what you're saying, and I understand where you're coming from, but at the same time, um, I think people need to know their their limits, and um, I think, yeah, you need to keep working on yourself, but if you have been, this is a trauma-based program, and mm-hmm. if you've been dealing with this, I'm not talking about a year, two years. I'm talking 10-plus years of this mm-hmm. targeting. Um, it's, it's, it's you know, going to a job and being abused, even though you're a strong person and you know how to ignore a lot of stuff, it doesn't mean that one day you're not going to go off the deep end and and end up hurting someone really, really bad. Because well, my last, my last job, when I got laid off last December, I was there for nine years and eight months. I was severely workplace harassed for the whole nine years and eight months, okay? Mm-hmm. The job before that, I was severely workplace mobbed and harassed, and I was there, uh, I think, like six or seven years, okay? So I've been going through this, and I can go even further back, close to 20 years at work, very close to 20 years, different right. jobs. Um, the last job, the nine years, almost 10 years, it was so severe. Look at some of my videos. The people were physically assaulting me. It felt like the entire building and the entire community surrounding the building, all the restaurants and stores, it felt like all of them was involved. On top of the sheriff harassing me, uh, the people in my neighborhood on the way to work afterwards, it was severe. It was severe. Yeah. But, but, but what I'm have... learning, this is what mm-hmm. I'm learning. This is mm-hmm. what I've learned through all of that, is to not run from the challenges. Don't run from the challenges. Do not let these people, and I had, I mean, I broke down and cried more than once, okay, more than once. The people would not help me at work. They were assaulting me. The people in the cafeteria were assaulting me. The building maintenance people, oh, it was it was horrible. They were kicking me under the table at meetings. They were running it over my feet with carts. I mean, it was it was severe. It was really, really severe. But through all of that, I was able to maintain my composure. I did speak up on occasions when I needed to, um, but I was able to maintain the composure. But when I look back at that experience, and now I'm at this temporary job, they trained me very well because nothing these people do now affects me. It, It does affect me. I can't say it doesn't affect me, but I'm able to handle it so much better because I was trained so well at that last place. I mean, I went through it. But you know what? I got to the point where I said, they're not going to force me out of my job. It's not going to happen. And it didn't happen. When I got laid off, 100 other people got laid off too. So I'm proud of myself for standing my grounds. I needed my money. I'm used to a certain uh, way of living. I Mm -hmm. have a household to maintain, and I'm not willing to let these people take it from me, period. And I, I commend you for that. I do. I think that is awesome. But everybody, you know, I think what people have to understand is everybody isn't uh, built the same. Um, Everybody is not built the same. Um, Some people, they have a lot of different stuff in their life and their history. Not, you know, you know, and I'm sure you as well. I'm not, not saying you don't, but there's a lot of different things in people's histories from, you know, child molestation, um, abuse as a child, all kinds of different things are going on in people's lives. And Mm -hmm. um, so everybody's 
background and everybody ain't built the same. So that's true. So some people, maybe you can, you know, you know, you know, continue to move on. But I don't think that's the reality for everybody. I okay, just don't. I'm, I, I'm just, I'm just gonna have to disagree with you. Not in, not in a nasty way. It's all no, love. I appreciate. I understand where you're coming from. I do, and I'm not trying to be ugly or anything like that. I have nothing but respect for you, but I just I think I'm gonna have to disagree as this is not everybody's reality. It's okay, just I'm not. just trying to encourage you, but I, I I understand what you're saying. I really do. Uh, okay, gotta go. My daughter is okay. Gotta get to work. Um, good talking to you, and I'll you talk to you soon. Okay. Okay. I'll put okay. you on hold. Okay, let me try to get Massachusetts in here. Go real quick, Massachusetts, because I have to leave. And I thank you all so much. This was a real sensitive topic. Um, I hope that it was helpful for some of you. Please look up articles online if you need further support um, with something maybe you have gone through or someone else. Please find some articles online to support yourself, okay? We don't want anybody out with raw emotions because this this is a uh, was a very sensitive topic. Next week, we're going to continue with the sex crimes, and we'll be talking about rape, okay, which is very sensitive as well. Hello, Massachusetts. Hello. Massachusetts. Okay, I'll put you on mute then. Okay, thank you guys for coming to this call. Thank you guys so much. Thank you for your support. Thank you for listening to my story. And God bless you all and have a very blessed week. Um, I may do a video recording um, tonight if I get a chance. And it happens to be on, um, there was actually a couple of them I was going to do. But one of them, someone asked me about um, if I could do a video on how to find a job. So um, I may try to do that one this afternoon. Okay, God bless you guys and stay strong. Talk to you guys next week.